So you've got a podcast or an idea for a podcast or no ideas yet, but you want to start a podcast. Whatever stage you're at, G Media Solutions is here to help you take your podcast to the next level. We are a podcast production company based in Atlanta that specializes in audio recording, video live streaming, and all the elements you need to make your podcast thrive. To fulfill your podcast needs, contact us on Facebook and or Instagram at G Media ATL. Before the start of this episode, I wanted to tell you about another podcast that I am producing for my friend Aisha. It's called the Botanica Podcast. I wonder what she thinks of that pronunciation. But anyway, <laughs> uh, here's a trailer for the podcast. You can subscribe to it uh, anywhere you get your podcast, just like ours. Here it is. Welcome to the Botanica Podcast. This is your host, Aisha. Listen in as we discuss topics like love, health, sex, relationships, and even alternative medicine. We stream live every Sunday at 8 on Facebook. Listen to the Botanica Podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to stop by our Botanica every Sunday. We have a lot to share. There's another podcast I want to tell you guys about. It's called The Barber and the Bartender. There's a barber, there's a bartender, and they talk about pop culture, sports, music. And of course, because one of them's a bartender, there's going to be a drink of the day and he'll give you a little history on different libations. So uh, tune into The Barber and the Bartender on Spotify, Apple Podcast. They're on Facebook. Here's the trailer for their podcast. Come to my chair, you catch a fade or get a taste. This shit gonna hurt tomorrow. Mm-mm. But it tastes good today. It's gonna hurt right now. I'm at the bar mixing up drinks and conversation. Yeah, no, I'm just a part-time dirt bag. Don't do that. You're a superstar. Yeah, we the ones you talk to and we your favorite. I'm a barber. You know what I'm saying? Niggas got their, nigga put it got their permanent hair, I know. You know what I'm saying? I just said that's like, my hero. You gonna hold him the perm? First of all, niggas that have nappy hair, put permanent <laughs> hair, have baby hair. It's the barber and the bartender, the best podcast in the nation. And I have more. Hey, 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 get done. Get done. Get done. Cheers. By the time you hear this podcast, you'll just agree to disagree. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we are back with episode 202. So we have already passed that goal line for those who have not been keeping up. (laughs) We've done 200 episodes. And then we started, uh, then we did 201. So here we are. Um, Thank you to everyone who's downloaded and listened so far. And... um, yeah, let's let's get into it. So we have a guest. 
Um, he's been on here a few times before. Um, the last time he was on, uh, was it the, was it the purple rain episode or Ooh, was it, or was it, I thought it was Richard the get Richard. I think it was, I think it was get rich. Okay. It might've been that. Yeah. Uh, so we have, uh, Eric, AKA the stream teach. Um, welcome to the podcast. Welcome back. Greetings. Yeah. Good to be back. Always good to be here. It's always a fun time talking with you guys about music. Uh, um, always love having you on. And it's always good to learn about music, too, because y'all know so much more music than I do. So I just get to hear about other genres and stuff. So I think that's always dope. Well, uh, 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 well, thank you. And uh, yeah. thank you for, for joining us again. Uh, this is uh, uh, Eric's been on uh, with us when we were doing this in the super secret location. Uh, we've been doing this remote thing for a while and this first time joining us. Um, Remotely on video, I know um, we've done He's the got Skype a dope call. Setup. <laughs> and, yeah, his, if you want to learn about you know live streaming and and doing it right and doing it effectively, uh, check him out. Uh, his setup is much better than what I have. <laughs> it's much I bought more a efficient, camera, but I don't know how to use it. It's, it's much more right. efficient, and uh, it, it looks a whole lot better. Um, I haven't, of course, I'm sitting on a love seat. Um, in a living Looks room. Looks comfy. I was going to be nice and call it a couch, but if you want to call it, <laughs> well, because there's a couch to my right. There, that's ah, an actual ah, couch. Okay. So this is this the smaller I version it, is, it, is it, the it does look seat. comfy. <laughs> uh, so leather abound, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh. So yeah, it's it's at Stream Teach on. I saw your Twitter account. I don't know if you're on Threads. Uh, also. Streamer School. On uh, YouTube. Okay. Yep. So that's where you can uh, find out how to uh, get things going with your live stream and to make it look cool and make people want to follow you and and make money and all the other stuff that comes with it. Old um, stuff. <laughs> so um, let's get into some music news. Um, as usual, I just throw out a couple of topics before we start recording. Uh, so with the, uh, we've talked about AI a lot as far as, uh, AI, um, uh, AI music, like recordings, like, I, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it, Eric, with the, uh, with Ghostwriter who had the, uh, uh the AI song with AI Drake and AI Weekend <laughs> and, uh, another one, it was with Bad Bunny and Rihanna. Um, and, uh, we suggested he should do one with, um, he should do one with, uh, Kanye and Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I like I'd that. Be, I'd love to hear what he does. Cause I, I mean, I legit loved hard on my sleeve by AI Drake and AI the weekend. Um, I regularly play it at parties. <laughs> He'd have to interrupt her verse with like, sorry, I'm gonna let you finish. And then like, <laughs> it's gotta be like after like yeah. seven bars of the hook, he just like interrupts. <laughs> that, that's how he, that's how he comes onto the track. By Got to. literally interrupting her. Uh, so in um, the, you know, there are lots of videos, lots of people who have taken artists to, um, <clears throat> Taking their an eight, you know, have an AI filter and 
and um, remade songs. There's a whole AI Michael Jackson YouTube page out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Grammys had to introduce a rule uh, saying that <laughs> songs created um, using artificial intelligence uh, are ineligible for Grammy Awards. Uh, only human creators are eligible to be submitted for consideration. That is an exact quote. Um, <laughs> do you think that it's, uh, do you think that it, it's more prominent or, you know, that, you know, I've already said the robots are coming to get us, but <laughs> that, uh, you know, that the Grammys <laughs> had to come out here and say only human recordings. <laughs> uh, do you think that this it's more, it's an even bigger problem than we realize? Possibly. I mean, if you look at what's going on right now with the SAG, you know, SAG after strike and the Writers Guild of America strike, part of what they are fighting for is to not be replaced by AI. You know, yeah. so I think, you know, not that I think anybody wants to watch an AI movie. I've tried to get ChatGPT to write scripts. They're not very good, but it's a real fear in the industry. So you got to think that um, the Grammys are probably trying to get out in front of it to make people feel better about it in the future. They're like, hey, even if you know this does become something, you ain't gotta worry about it. We got your back. You can't submit music to win awards and and hopefully maybe curb the appetite for AI music right now because I don't know, I know the algorithm on TikTok is strong, but like I get a lot of AI stuff on my on my for you page. So what's uh yeah. what's it when you said when you mentioned the 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 SAG and SAG after strike and the, along with the writer's guild, someone posted, I think it was from, um, I think his name's David Yost. He was the original blue Ranger on blue power Ranger, Rangers. Yeah, David Roast. It was Billy. Yeah. Um, and he posted that the actor who played Zordon, um, was only paid $150. And all they did was like film him from a couple of angles and then just recycled that footage for the entire run of Power Rangers. Wow. I can, that show was so messed up, dude. None of them were union. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, they're being overworked and underpaid like that. So I'm not, I'm surprised it was that much. Honestly, <laughs> $150 to pay Zordon in like 95, 94 seems like. They probably like he negotiated for that much. It was seventy five, and he made them up. <laughs> yeah, there are injuries and stuff, and that's why yeah. like season one's well, half of season one's uh, cast left. So, yeah, terrible, man. Yeah. So, uh, Eric, what do you, what do you think of of this of the the AI uh, craze that's been going on? I think that I don't know with technology in general. Uh, you know, Black Eye, I mean, Black Mirror, of course, has made us a bit technophobic. And I do think that we should use AI as we use any other technology as a tool and not specifically as a replacement. Mm-hmm. I think as far as the Grammys go making this uh, new rule, I think it might just be trying to get in front of everything and future proof and avoid yeah. loopholes because we already have accusations <laughs> of people being industry plants. Yeah. And with you know music videos you don't have to literally sing in the i mean you don't sing you do lip syncing in the music video and a lot of times when people even do their performances on stage they're milli vanillying 
the, the performance. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can put a real face in front of like artificial music and still call it an artist. So I think that it's an important distinction. And um, I still think it's something that, I don't know, maybe still be able to be hidden because how are you going to prove somebody isn't AI or somebody's music isn't AI, the vocals at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's tough, but I think that it's definitely necessary to put it in writing. I mean, hell, if you think about it, like we've already seen what the, the, the J-Lo scandal where it's been reported and pro- I guess you could say proven that Ashanti did a lot of her vocals, background vocals, you know, how long until like someone's like, do her vocals with AI? (laughs) It wasn't, it wasn't exactly background vocals. It was Ashanti's like, it was like her demo. Like they just took the song from her and gave it to (laughs) JLo and kind of sprinkled (laughs) a little bit of JLo's voice on it and to make it sound like something. Yeah. Uh, And if they're willing to do that, you know, now you have a singer, you can slap an AI filter on them. You sing in the style of J-Lo, which I imagine is not hard, but slap an AI <laughs> filter on your voice, sing in the style of J-Lo, boom, J-Lo never has to sing again. J-Lo can do this until whenever. Because, I mean, you know, the voice, while it is an instrument, it is also a muscle, and it goes. I mean, we've seen artists, you know, as they, as they get older, might they might struggle with singing, which really honestly makes the singer a foreigner look really impressive because that guy still sounds good but um yeah just slap a ai filter on there and boom you've got another five years of their career you know and you see like i think also never know (laughs) uh, i can't remember the i can't remember what they named it but do you remember like maybe last year that the um like that ai rapper that was created Mm -hmm. yeah that got a record deal and had a song with it was either with Gunna or might have been Young Boy. I, I can't remember, but um, you know it. I don't know if it's going to like curb that because it's it was clearly like not. It was a cartoon, basically. Didn't, <laughs> um, he, end up, didn't he end up being racist or something? Yeah, they found like some. Okay. <laughs> they found like some racist. Uh, all AI turns racist bars or something. I don't know. Like, I don't know how that even happened. Uh, like, you created they, they, this from nothing, and it's well, still because racist. they seeded things like Reddit and Twitter, <laughs> like the cesspools 4chan. of yeah, four chan, like the cesspools of society. And like, this is why you know, if you like, in all the movies, they go on. I, what Ultron went looked at like the internet was like, yeah, y'all gotta go. Like that's how it always goes. <laughs> So that's I'm not surprised that AI turned racist or that really aggressive AI that Bing made that if you if um, you told it it was wrong, it got angry at you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 scary stuff, man. We got to be careful here. I think every day that movie Simone, we're getting closer. I was just thinking that That movie has aged. I haven't seen it, but this is it's coming to life. Have you heard this movie? movie Aged so well. I've not heard of it. Yeah, it's a movie starring is Al Pacino. Uh, yeah, Al it was Pacino. It came out clearly in the a late cash 90s, I think. Early 2000s, early 2000s. Late 90s, early 2000s. And it was about a virtual celebrity, essentially, like some chick named Simone. They computer generated her. She looked real, but it was all fake. And basically, no one could know. She was like this actress. Mm. She was a singer. She was essentially a Mary Sue type character. Could do no wrong. And um, 
looking at what we're doing now with AI influencers. Like I was on TikTok. There's AI influencers now. Like it's we are here. I can't believe like that's the movie of all movies. <laughs> if you are influenced by an AI generated social media account, but it can dance. You deserve everything that happens to you. It can do the TikTok dances, the you know. I mean, technically, to be devil's advocate, uh, uh, uh. algorithms are kind of AI, and they bring yeah. us the things that influence us Touché. on our phones, and it it knows where we stand like politically, and it shows us the stuff that we like to eat up, which is scary. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. The the even scarier when you had congressmen and women. When I go on TikTok, all I see are young girls. You're telling on yourself. <laughs> you are telling on yourself. Because <laughs> that TikTok algorithm is very strong. I have to be careful if like one Manosphere video comes up. I don't even, I don't even like it. I, I just it. let it play for like a minute. And it's like, you want more? <laughs> Twitter's the same way now. Twitter's yeah, the exact I, same way now. Uh, read the replies to something to see like, oh, surely somebody took this this uh, idiotic content down and replied to it and really dunked on them. And because I scrolled down on the post for so long, it shows me more stuff like that. And I'm like, Jesus, man, I didn't even like anything. Yeah, it's too strong. Yeah, I that's um, kind of like, like when we had Abe on before, like I clicked on one video and on YouTube and I had no idea like, oh, these guys are part of this red pill manosphere yeah. community and then that's all the videos that get suggested on youtube yep, in. so Sneaks on in. <laughs> um so it i just found it interesting that the grammys had to jump out in front of it and um i think that will just uh that just slows the robots down a little bit it's a it's a speed bump uh at well, best they said <laughs> skynet is inevitable like John Connor didn't beat it. He just delayed it. So, you know. Um, so uh, another thing I mentioned that um, Spotify actually put out a list of their top 10 most streamed songs, most streamed rap songs of all time. And number one is Rockstar by Post Malone uh, featuring 21 Savage. Um, the rest of the list, uh, God's Plan. Uh, yeah. Sad by XSX Tentacion, Goosebumps, Travis Scott, Jocelyn Flores by XSX Tentacion, uh, Exo Tour Life by Lil Uzi Vert, Humble by Kendrick Lamar, Sicko Mode by Travis Scott, Congratulations by oh. Post Malone, and Lose Yourself by Eminem. So Lose Yourself is clearly the oldest song. Dude, uh, Lose Yourself. <laughs> I'm sure it's because people have it on their gym playlist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every time they're on the treadmill. <laughs> I already know. Oh, God. I saw I saw Ed Sheeran bring out Eminem at a, at a concert in Detroit, and they just went apeshit. <laughs> Doing Lose Yourself. Like, that song just still gets, yeah, it's insane. Um, um, the... And, of course, in, in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> the... Um... I, the thing that's interesting to me is that, you know, some rappers are still like, we kind of wonder how they are, how their material is handled in death. Like XXXTentacion mm. has two songs here and he was murdered, but four years ago, five years ago, yeah. give or take. Um, and 
you know, people are still playing his uh, playing his music. Not to say that it's wrong to play his music if you like it, um, but you kind of wonder if his um, if it's going to be like bastardized in a way. Like you know, we've we've talked about before with like like Prince's estate, but people who handle it may um, <laughs> <laughs> they they, <sighs> they they may sell him out or do things that if he were alive he would never do. He would never, yeah. Like there was there was a promotion for the Minnesota Twins since he's from Minneapolis. Uh, for they had like a, a a Prince night or a Purple Rain night, and one year they had like the first thousand fans get purple umbrellas, and then the next year uh, everyone got the the first thousand fans or whatever got uh, inflatable uh, purple guitars, like in the style that he played, <laughs> just inflatable guitars. So it's like, would he have participated in? Um, in something like that, and I think with like XX Tentacion or Juice World or Pop Smoke, um, I feel and I feel like for a while, I mean, they're probably still like people coming who are coming out with new albums and they have a track with Juice World on it. And where is this? Where did this extra material this? come from? <laughs> and I am it. I started thinking recently that is. Is this like an AI thing that that someone just put I hope uh, not. <laughs> Juice World's vocals into AI and now you have Juice World forever? I feel like that's a possibility, especially with um, we first saw it with Rogue One. Uh, I can't remember his name, the actor, but Grandma Tarkin, how he was just like oh. an AI person, and and we also saw Tupac as a hologram on stage. Yeah. Um. So these people work even after they're dead. I guess based on what the estate decides is is cool, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's something we can uh I'll air quote it, look forward to in the future. Yeah. I mean, especially with that hologram, oh God, I don't remember when this happened, but a Drake hologram on stage actually handed him something. Oh, handed him a book. That was How? Like two weeks ago. Yeah, so what exactly was it, right? Like, how? Like, that's insane. That's like some like, Batman Beyond stuff, dude. Like, that's... Like, that's very... Like, yeah, we we might be there already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and looking at this list uh, of their... They had a top 50. Um, XXXTentacion has at least seven songs in the top 30 uh, streamed of all time. Um, it's insane. This, the level of popularity yeah. that he had, because I mean, he was popular before he it's died. It's like he has eight, eight or nine overall. So Just, he I can only imagine how big he would have been if he could list. have kept making music. Uh, so yeah, it's good. Like the, 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 ro- the robots are coming. Still, um, and you mentioned Tupac. There's a story that came out that there was a um, a raid at some house, uh, still in connection to his murder in and, Vegas, right? Yeah. So police searched a, a house in Nevada. Um, let's see. Uh, 
Yeah, home was searched in Henderson, Nevada, and it's part of the investigation. I don't know what they were looking for. Um, so they haven't released what, what the connection was, but it was as far as like anything more specific than it was to that case. So 30 years, huh? Wow. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're, we're coming up on, on 27 years. Um, so it's like, what? Didn't they solve this already though? I thought like that no. cop that worked himself to death. No, he, it hadn't, it hasn't, it's still officially open. And so what did he find out then? Uh, he was kind of, he was trying to find a connection between <clears throat> Tupac's murder and Biggie's murder where okay. Biggie's murder was a retaliation to Tupac's murder. And there might be a connection, but maybe not. And yeah. um, for anyone, this is this is kind of like the moment where I realized BET may never be taken seriously again. Um, but Tyler Perry bought it. <laughs> <laughs> Can he restore that credibility? I don't know. But if you remember no. on BET, they had a... <laughs> a but his motive is definitely uh financial you know what i mean he's i don't think he's in it for like the art or whatever he's like i'm gonna make as much money as possible and that's a fine with as you much know. cheap labor as possible yeah exactly yeah. which means I, more I money for him. he's not in the writers guild or in sag so he's just he's still working <laughs> One man shows now. Work at the. It's all one man shows for him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> ain't no Sorry. writers' room. Writers' room. I'm the writer. He's coming out with a club <laughs> remake. He's gonna be all the. Uh, <laughs> <of> he is. <laughs> I'm down for it. Not really, but what? <laughs> oh but, god. But um, the reason I say it's like with with BET is that they had a, a docu series a few years ago. Um, the Death Row Chronicles, and oh, yeah, I forgot about that. In exploring like what happened to Tupac, okay, for those who know that, like, would see the security footage or whatever, what happened that night? He went to the fight. It was the Mike Tyson fight. He he greets Tyson, talks to him after the fight, and then they're going to this club for an after party. So, um. In going to the going, uh, I guess going toward the after party, he gets into a fight with Orlando Anderson in a casino, and they beat him up pretty bad. And then after he goes back to his hotel room to change clothes, and then him and Sugar in the car, and Orlando Anderson and another guy. Uh, in a in a white in the white Cadillac that is mentioned, find them like they just see them. They just happen to see them, you know, um, the next uh, traffic light over. So they are able to pull the catch up to them, pull up to them, and uh, that's when they're shot. That's when Shug and Tupac are shot. The guy, the other guy in the car, he said he was in the back seat with Orlando Anderson. Orlando leans over him out the window and shoots up the car. This guy said this 
on camera. You can see his <laughs> face. It's not blurred. He's not in witness protection or anything. He's not talking like this. No, no, no. <laughs> None, None, of of that. <laughs> None of that. He said, this is this is what happened. And then the 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 director or the, the interviewer is like, Do you aren't you worried that you know you're you're saying these things and that you know you your life may be in danger? He's like I've said it before and, and no one's done or said anything. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know if that guy's still alive. Cause that was like maybe five years ago that that documentary came out. But <laughs> I know Orlando Anderson was murdered. Like maybe a couple months later or something like that. Yeah. Like in May of that year. <laughs> so that was yeah. the next, the next year. Uh, I was like, so it was about nine, nine months later, six months later or something yeah. like that. But he, uh, the guy, he, this guy is saying he was in the car that the shots came from <laughs> and no one's talked to him. I don't know how that is. I don't know how that detective who worked the case to death, uh, <laughs> did he ever talk to this guy? Did he ever find him or anything? You know, he probably talked to him to death. <laughs> so it's like what what else is there to um I mean maybe it's 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 just on his word so you're not going to you can't go off of that um necessarily but until I saw that documentary I never heard this angle at all and afterwards, I never heard of that angle again. I'm gonna go uh, find this now because I have I have not heard that, but I haven't watched yeah, the documentary. Neither of them. Because I don't really watch a lot of BET. <clears throat> I don't ever know since, if they even aired the documentary again. <laughs> uh, I mean, ever since it became the Tyler Perry cinematic universe. Like, I, just, <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised he bought it. He everything he makes goes on there now. So but I'm, I, I'm very curious to find this out because that is a very bold statement to make from someone and just be like, yeah, I'll be alive tomorrow. Like, it's not a big deal. <laughs> For real. <laughs> it's very brave. Very brave uh, of you, sir. So I, I don't know what else there is to find on this case. And if you raid a house 27 years after the fact, yeah. what are you actually, what piece of evidence? <laughs> yeah. There's no fingerprints on that gun. <laughs> That's still going like, to be there. <laughs> it's still going to be there. <laughs> Nothing. This is no. And I if, mean, and if someone who like get, uh, is connected to it got caught, uh, because also that guy who said that he could be considered an accessory to murder. Absolutely. So uh, that would that would he kind was of never be one arrested. Of those, like, he was never. Did arrested I say either. that? I mean, I didn't mean that. <laughs> you know what? It was it was AI. It was AI. It was AI. <laughs> All interview. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if, if there's still like a, some kind of evidence, like fingerprints from the murder weapon still in that house, 27 years, you had 27 years to throw this gun off the Hoover Dam uh, or <laughs> uh, and you didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's. You deserve like, what's coming to you. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you, much, you know what I pay for this AK? <laughs> you can't just throw this in Hoover Dam. Or whatever river is there. Is it Hoover River? I don't know. The Nevada River? I sound uneducated right now. I know there's the Hoover Dam. I don't know what river is connected to. 
That's not like foxes don't exist. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> um, Let's see. Hoover Dam River. I'm not going out this way. <laughs> Hoover Dam River name. The Colorado. Oh, the Colorado. There we go. The Colorado Dam. I feel dumber after Damn. knowing. Whole different state. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, um, uh, okay. So, um, Nelly Furtado and Timberland are getting back in the studio. Um, they, yeah, uh, yeah. I think the last time they worked together was her album loose, which had promiscuous and say it right. And, um, it's probably her most popular album. Um, yeah. As Ben said, not necessarily her best, but it's, Ooh, it's the one first hot take know. of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they said they're back in the studio. Um, some people thought they like had creative differences, so they stopped working together. Uh, it just seemed like from her subsequent projects that people wanted her to sing in Spanish, even though she's Portuguese. So, really, <laughs> I, it was people want her to sing in. They yeah. probably think she's Spanish. Yeah. Do America. <laughs> she's like, like Portuguese she's by way of Canada. Like, <laughs> it's like the furthest from, <laughs> I guess, Portugal borders Spain. So they're like, ah, you can, you can do it. Close enough. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, yeah. once more marketable. <laughs> ah, touche, touche. <clears throat> um, so I guess heard this like with like Timbaland and Missy maybe back in the studio. I don't know if this actually means anything, but <clears throat> it's kind of like I said with before with um, Timbaland and producers like him, like Pharrell and Jermaine Dupree, um, have priced themselves out. Like, yeah, yeah I can see that. They are they are worth the money that they would charge, but no one wants to pay it. Well, no one wants to, or no one can, because no, budgets no, no for albums are much cheap. Well, I th- I don't I, I think, think I like I think they're like, the like budgets cut, just they're, not they're cutbacks yeah. in that way. They're cutbacks in yeah. that way. Like they're like, um, I guess recently I know you don't watch a lot, if any, sports, Eric, but with. Correct. Uh, <laughs> with um, you know, with um, certain running backs in the NFL. Um, oh, that's a big thing right now. I've heard they uh, aren't they weren't getting the new contracts that they maybe deserve. Like these were all pro players. These were Pro Bowl players, and they um, uh, they are up for new contracts. And the their the their their team their agent and their team are far apart from the organization as far as getting a new contract and feel that maybe we can get some other running back for cheaper and get the same production and i think that's also applied here in music where um we'll get i mean there are a few producers who um who do a lot of work but they probably are charging half as much as a Timberland or Pharrell. Like I Metro Boomin, I don't know how much he charges per track. He just does a lot. Yeah. I don't know if he's burned out or anything mm-hmm. <laughs> for how much he's done in the past few years. Yeah. But 
I think if he were out in the late 90s like those other guys, he might be in the same position where he's priced himself out, even though he's had so much success. But um, record companies and or artists aren't putting that kind of money into getting nope. something well produced. Budgets are much smaller. They, I mean, you can go to websites and buy beats now. Yeah, you know, I think that's the funny thing. If you think about one of the, the one of the most successful songs, rap songs of the last twenty years, if I remember correctly, that's a beat that Lil Nas X bought. Yeah, like he didn't go into a studio with a producer and be like, "Hey, I'm looking for something that sounds I think like he this." Bought it for thirty dollars. Yeah, wow. and it sampled a freaking Nine Inch Nails song. So Trent Reznor, um, the guy who's cold. <laughs> I saw that clip. The guy who's cold got paid off of Old Town Road. So, like, why would you ever think about hiring a producer to go in there and help you come up with a vision? At best, you need an engineer to make it sound good, to make you sound decent. But that, so, that kind of worked out because he's worked with the same producer, like that. But the guy who made that beat, he had been working. He worked on it with him for okay, the so rest okay, of that, okay. the rest of his uh, that first EP or album. So okay. there's that, but you know, the, I think an example that we talked about maybe a few years ago was the guy who, the, it was like some kid who made the beat for, um, uh, Coco. Coco? Yeah. And he made it uh, at school because <laughs> Fruity Loops was on the computer at that school and he sold the beat for $200. <clears throat> yeah. And when it becomes a hit, he tried to like, Sue, but when he sold the beat, he didn't get his forfeited right. all the publishing rights. Yeah, yeah, and I do think that's an unfortunate piece of it as well. Is you've got a lot of savvy business people taking advantage of of artists who don't know the business. Unfortunately, um, I'm gonna age myself. Not even age myself, but just <laughs> I guess show my ignorance in the current music industry right now. When's the last time one of these big producers had a, I don't know, top 10 hit? Timbaland, Pharrell, Swiss Beats, Jermaine Dupri. I feel like Dr. Pharrell Trey, maybe even? recently, because Pharrell still, be like, I know low, he yeah. did, he's like, I rem Lemonade is the one that comes off the top of my head that he did with Rihanna. Right. Um, Lemon, and I know quite a while ago. Lemon, yeah. Yeah, it was Lemon. five years Jesus, ago. Jesus, how... Oh, that's about five years ago. I would have sworn it was two years ago. No, yeah. So, so the point I'm getting at is like, I don't know, 20 years ago, these producers were brands as big as the artists rapping or singing over them. I don't think they're really. I don't. I don't think the current people who, you know, made XXX Tentacion on Spotify's most streaming. I don't think they care about people like Timbaland and Swiss Beats. And I just don't think those audiences care about these producers names. Mm. Like it doesn't hold, it doesn't mean to us what are to them, what it meant to us. Is what yeah. I, I don't, I don't think it does at all. <clears throat> you know, like um, there's some producers who still have, you know, their tags like Metro Boomin and, you know, yeah. you kind of know them. But, you know, the guys who were these producers slash, you know, artists at the same time, you see them all up in the video, not to sound like Suge Knight, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just don't see them out there anymore too much. Like Pharrell is the most, um, but the rest of them, I, 
Yeah, I, 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 I don't see, I don't see like a, a little baby being like, oh, I got to get a beat by Timbaland. It's like, no, I'm going to get a beat that's hard that I can, you know, make music that Eric won't listen to. Yeah. And I also think, too, yeah. this is just like the the um, what's the word? I don't want to say commodification because music's always been a commodity. But like if you think about over the last 20 years, how much easier it's become to make music. Absolutely. And gatekeepers are virtually non-existent nowadays because we all have access to distribution via the internet. So you don't have to be that guy who's like slaving away in your bedroom, working on your craft, trying to get the attention of a of a Timbaland or someone like that, hoping that they bring you on. There's no more dangers out there because I'm pretty sure that's danger in a nutshell, working, honing his craft. And now you're on, you're on Timbaland's production team as a part of the clutch. So because now I can just skip Timbaland and I can just put my beats up and, you know, and in a way, like, it's cool because we're hearing voices we probably would have never heard before. But that also floods the market. You know, how much is how much am I worth if I can imitate Timbaland? And only, I don't need as much as Timbaland, but I've been studying his style. I can make a song like him. I can make a song like Pharrell. I can make a song like Missy. And you don't have to pay me nearly as much. I'm just happy to get my foot in the door. Yep. Um, so let me see if I have one, any more stories here before we get to the cover song of the week. And, um, I, I, it's looking like a no, (laughs) it didn't look like I had anything else. Um, hold on. Okay, so yeah, there's one more thing, and we'll get to the charts after this. But for the Billboard Hot 100, uh, they will no longer count downloads from the artist's uh, web stores. So if you download mm. a song from the download the song from the artist's website, that does not count. Uh, Do they not trust things. the numbers? I'm guessing. Um, Cause they're too like, is it self-reported kind of like before we had sound scan, <laughs> we just did it off of like the, the honor system, you know, like it, I feel like it was something <laughs> like that because if there weren't any like numbers to speak of, or those mm-hmm. are the artists didn't have to like give those exact numbers, they might've been inflated. Um, Sound like so, Minaj with number one. It, like this Well, she had to cheat the system because she felt like she was She's like, I can't go too high, can't go too low, can't say a hundred million. That's too high, Nikki. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's probably just the, the, there was probably some inconsistencies on how those numbers were being reported. So just decided that they didn't uh, count at all. But I mean, we also know that people will send their folks to like, to Spotify and just put it on as you sleep or you know, send what was the video they sent? Was it Drake or someone sent someone into a record store, set them loose with like a thousand dollars, just buy as many copies of my stuff as you can? Like, it's I none of this stuff. I did not honest. see that. And it was some video, it might not have been Drake, but it was some artist. They just let them loose in a store with like a thousand dollars and they just were just racking up, just buying stuff. And it's like, is any of this stuff honest? I mean, let's be real. We know that Spotify farms exist. Yeah. Where it's like you just pay money and they'll just stream your song and you know, it's all rigged, man. 
I think part of it might also be my brain always goes to, oh, why did corporate make this decision? It's always money. So mm -hmm. I think that maybe it's cheaper to simply not go to these specific different websites. And it's like, all right, we're just going to go to Bandcamp, Spotify, yeah. Apple, whatever, instead of like figuring out everything else, because that's probably more expensive and doesn't even yield a whole lot of results uh, comparatively to the rest of it. So that's mm -hmm. probably it. Is what the I'm simplest thinking. answer is typically Occam's razor. It's typically true. The true. It's just like, all right, it's it's not worth the money we spend to dig into every one of their websites. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, we'll see. I, I, I what is band? Does so Bandcamp doesn't count as an artist. I feel like Bandcamp store? should count. No, no, no. It shouldn't count as their web store. I don't think it should. Okay. It, 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 it might, but I I just saw the the uh, a tweet. I didn't see any other details. I haven't been able to see any other details. If if something like Bandcamp does count or doesn't, um, that could have an, that could definitely have an effect if there you know sites like that where those yeah. don't count because the artist for the most part um, controls that uh, right controls their Bandcamp. Of course. So, um, too, we'll see how that how that affects charts going forward. Um, so we'll get to uh, the cover song of the week. It's Ben's selection, and why don't you tell us about it? All right. So, um, some woman named Alexandra Key came up across TikTok, and um, she did a country version of "Damn It." by Blink-182 and on its face that sounds weird but um it kind of works you know at least in the first verse and chorus uh because you know damn it is really a song about kind of coming of age and finding yourself so the way she does it it actually sounds like a really deep song that you might sing at a graduation because right. the word damn it I don't think ever appears in the song at least I don't know I never knew the words so you know <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is uh, "Damn It" by Alexandra K. K. A. Was it K? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and we will be right back. It's try to argue or hold it against you I know that you're leaving you must have your reasons the season is calling pictures are falling down the steps that Retrace the sad look on your face. Timing and structure. Did you hear he loves her?
That is Damn It by Alexandra K, cover of Blink-182. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't think that's appropriate for a high school graduation. I, 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 I mean, I don't know. I, I guess we can go back to sing. I, I believe like I it, sound, it sounds like it might be. <laughs> it sounds like it might be, but I think lyrically, I don't, I'm not sure that it is. Yeah, now that I start listening to it, it sounds more like a breakup song, honestly. So yeah. yeah. Um. So let's get to the uh, charts here. Um, the number one song this week, after spending exactly one week at number two, is back <laughs> up to number one. Last night by Morgan Wallen. This is where we are now, Eric. Um, Morgan Wallen is having a post Malone type run in which no matter what he does, people are going to download and stream and buy his music. Sometimes out of spite. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, Number two, Fast Car by Luke Combs. Um, this might be his biggest song ever. Is he making any money off of it? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe in concert sales, but <laughs> like he's probably and like Tracy Chapman probably got a good chunk of that too. <laughs> yeah. So that's really the only thing I can I can think of. But I mean, he's never struck me at least as a guy who cares about that type of stuff. Like he's a musician's musician, performance performer. He just wants to go out and have fun. Apparently, like this is like it means a childhood song. Someone said there's an interview where he pulled out like an old beat up, like cassette copy of this. Mm. Like it just, it was a big deal between him and his father. So yeah. Um, and I read that Tracy Chapman's version. The the streams have gone up forty four percent since the catching streams. Okay. Yeah. Um. Number three, Vampire by Olivia Rodrigo. That was number one last week. Number four, Calm Down by Rima and Selena Gomez. Number five, I Can See You, Taylor's version <laughs> by Taylor Swift from her, uh, from her Speak Now, Taylor's version that was yeah. just released. Um, number six, Flowers by Miley Cyrus. Number seven, Fuck You Mean by Gunna. Number eight, All My Life by Lil Durk and J. Cole. Number nine, Cruel Summer by Taylor Swift. And number 10, Karma by Taylor Swift featuring Ice Spice. Uh, Real quick, I just keep thinking about this. How long until we start getting the TikTok videos? Like, did you know that the hit song by Luke Combs was originally done by Tracy Chapman? Like, how long till we start getting those? Like... That hasn't started yet. Who did it better? Who did it better? Like we're gonna start getting. <laughs> no, it has like, to. Be, it has to be presented like he found this song uh, at a thrift an store. Obscure eighty song. Obscure eighty song from the thrift store. Uh, yeah, it's gonna happen on cassette tape. Um, that reminds it's, me. Yeah, I saw this. Um, someone made this post that they didn't know that uh, LL Cool J made music. Don't say it. Don't. Oh, God, we're there. Okay. Yeah, this is where we are. This is definitely where we are. So uh, someone posted on Twitter, 
Like, um, in 1987, LL Cool J released the song, I Need Love. Um, and it was his second single from the album. I think it was from Bigger and Deffer. So, for some historians, this was a big deal because no rapper had made a song like that. But this person, <laughs> uh, what did this person say? Um, Star of Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just said that I didn't know he made music. <clears throat> and uh, then someone responded uh, by saying, you'd be surprised how many actors make music that never take off. <laughs> oh, no. Ooh, yo. Uh, you said something interesting because, like, the first thought I had when you said uh. that that was like back in my day, the person who I didn't know made music was Eddie Murphy, and when I found out, <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like Beverly Hills Cop is like, like raw, delirious, like this He's is crazy. All the time. Yeah, that was that was crazy to me. Oh, Cool J is like with Rick James too. So. Yes, yes, with Rick James. <laughs> That's that's I mean, what was the last single he had that came out? Who? LL Oh, L. What accidental racist with Brad Paisley? Oh no! I don't know if you count that one, but before that, like, what was it? I feel like before that, I was like headsprung. Yeah, yeah. Okay, they call me Big La. My hat is like a shark's fin. So I mean, I guess pop music landscape, man, you gotta. No you gotta keep has. making music or they will think that you know they'll forget they're like oh yeah that dude who was in, in, in SWAT That's yeah crazy. he raps did you know that like crazy dude that TikTok, like TikTok video is coming did you know I might make it, I, I might make it ironically <laughs> SWAT star you know of NCIS SWAT Los Angeles <laughs> made a song with boys to men in the 90s <laughs> He was lounging. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, look at the Billboard 200. These are the albums. Number one, Speak Now, Taylor's version by Taylor Swift. <sighs> debuts at number one. Uh, number two. Well, he's going he's gonna to fall when there are debuts, right? So, Morgan Wallen <laughs> falls to number two. Yeah, he's uh, not. He ain't mad enough to take on Taylor Swift. <laughs> uh, but he'll be back to number one next week. Um, I'm sure. Number three, Pink Tape by Lil Uzi Vert. Uh, number four, Genesis by Peso Pluma. Number five, Midnight's by Taylor Swift. Number six, Dangerous the Double Album by Morgan Wallen. Number seven, Lover by Taylor Swift. <laughs> number eight, SOS by SZA. Number nine, A Gift and a Curse by Gunna. And number 10, Folklore by Taylor Swift. One, two, three, four. Wow. I don't know four if anyone's in ever the top had 10. four okay. in the top 10. I don't know if that's a record or anything. Um, but that's that's rather impressive. Five in the top, no, six in the top 20. And reputation is just outside of the top twenty at twenty one. Fearless Taylor's version twenty three. This is, I mean, I'm a fan, but can we can we chill, y'all? Can we? 
<laughs> Taylor yeah, just put out put out a new album. That means we have to listen to all of her music at one time. <laughs> uh, Artist one hundred. You know what I really would like for the Scooter Braun version to go number one, just to mess with her. Just the best with her, and she doesn't know why. And we find out like it was Kanye West that did it or something. <laughs> um, so the uh, artist 100, number one this week is Taylor Swift. Uh, she was number one last week as well. Number two, Morgan Wallen. Number three, Luke Combs. Number four, SZA. Number five, Peso Pluma. Number six, Drake. Number seven, Ed Sheeran. Number eight, Miley Cyrus. Number nine, Lil Uzi Vert. And number 10, Jelly Roll. <laughs> uh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> so, um, he sounds how he looks, if you're curious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, uh, that'll do it for our music news. Um, Ben, tell us about your earworm of the week. I think this is a, a by the time you hear this first, but I'm doing it. I'm doing it. It is back to back weeks for Haley Steinfeld. Um, I don't know, man. I, I watched Bumblebee. I heard the song in the closing credits, and I've just been listening to this particular song by Haley Steinfeld, and I, I, I don't know why. Um, I even started finding out things about her. She's been nominated for an Oscar. I did not realize she was in True Grit. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. Um, and that she's dating Josh Allen now. So, you know, go her. But um, yeah, I love this song. I love me. I, I, I've, yeah. Josh Allen is following the Aaron Rodgers dating playbook. Um, oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, so is the song called Love Myself? Yeah, I'm sorry. Love Myself is the name of the song. I love me is the hook is what okay. they keep saying. My, my B, my B. So this is Love Myself by Haley Steinfeld, and we'll be right back. Yeah. When I get chills at night, I feel it deep inside without you. Yeah. Know how to satisfy, keeping the temple right without you.
right, that is Love Myself by Haley Steinfeld from her album uh, Haze, well, EP Haze, which came out in 2016. And you can find that on our BTT YHT Earworms of the Week playlist on Spotify. So uh, we started this episode uh, <laughs> with the song um, Fuck You by CeeLo, um, co-written by Bruno Mars and his songwriting team, the Smeezingtons, uh, Grammy of the Year. Grammy uh, nominated for Song of the Year. Um, so we'll be using, uh, that's not the official theme or anything for this particular kind of episode. <laughs> so I tried to think of something, but um, this will be our third installment of our Unpopular Opinions episode. I think each time that we do it, we have to bring on somebody different. Uh, the first time we did this, we had a Tim uh, the second time we had Brandon and tonight we have Eric and this is the first time we've actually done it, uh, while doing <laughs> the Facebook live stream. So, uh, a <laughs> couple of firsts, uh, going on here. So, um, with this kind of episode, we just have some, we go over and give our unpopular music opinions. We discuss it. Um, it may be our, our hot takes, but I kind of, uh, I don't like using the phrase hot takes only because I hate those TV shows. Uh, first take and undisputed and first things first. And um, yeah, I, I really hate those shows. <laughs> uh, so I so you don't, just don't like, like the word take. I, I don't <laughs> like, first. using. I don't, yeah, I don't like using take as far as like an opinion uh, or hot takes. Like, that's I a hot just, take in uh, itself, Greg. That's, that's <laughs> look, I know I'm in the minority as far as even watching those shows. Like there are so many people who are fans of Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless. And I don't really like talking sports with them at all because like I know what you're gonna say, and it's gonna be unresearched and just biased and you're going to sound ex- and you're going to be yelling uh, so you're going to sound exactly like Steve. Well, I mean, they'll start out calm, but by the end of it, they'll be I mean, <laughs> a crescendo. <laughs> uh, so we'll be giving our um unpopular music opinions. Uh, I don't know what anybody has uh, has listed. Um I was thinking of some like when we, you know, decided to do this episode and um I have I have a solid one two three. I have a solid six, um, and we'll just go around until I guess we don't feel like talking anymore. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, might honestly bring up more. Who knows? But yeah, yeah. it might. Uh, so um, what we'll do here is we'll start with you, Eric. Uh, just any and if you have them written down, whichever one you want. Which any unpopular music opinion that you have. Sure thing. I'm going to start out with my coldest take. Despite the, all the Grammys, all the, uh, the music videos that are revolutionized, uh, despite the moonwalk. Oh, 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 this is cold. Off the wall, over thriller. 
I do prefer the disco oh, I, sounds I'm, of I'm, Off the Wall yeah. over Thriller. It's been said. It's been said. It's not. It's not that unique of a take, but it is uh, my take. <laughs> and I thought I, you was about to say he sucked. I was like, oh, no, 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 that's what we said. I was like, this is no, uh, it's like, gold. It's a cold take. It's, it's starting Arctic off. Cold. Yeah, it's starting off, uh, you know, simple. And again, I've, I've heard people say it, but before I heard them say it, I came to that conclusion uh, myself as well. I do prefer off the wall as a whole to thriller thriller is a, a very close second but um i'm probably gonna pick off the wall more often than thriller okay uh i'm i'm with you there i i probably have said it a couple of times on the pod before that i prefer off the wall over thriller um and i, I guess because we haven't <laughs> talked about uh well, Ben might say uh, "dangerous" over "thriller." Yeah, but... dangerous. Ooh, wow. Those are yeah, dangerous and bad are my favorites. Dangerous probably more because it has like a special place to me because it was the first one I discovered on my own. Mm. I guess because I did, I you know where most people like they dive in their parents' records and whatever. I remember the night I just dove into my sister's tapes and found "bad" and "thriller." She did not have "off the wall," so I, I listened to those two albums all night. And then later when Dangerous, you know, came out a couple of years later, I bought it and was just obsessed. Um, oh. Yes. Some of my favorite Michael Jackson songs were on that album. Yeah. All right. So, um, Ben, what's your first unpopular oh, man. opinion? You know what? Let's stay in that decade um, or sort of in that decade. Um, this is when I actually thought of all my drive home and I turned on YouTube and saw a video about their drummer. Um, and I also saw someone playing their songs in a practice session on TikTok. So it just, it, I had to do it. Um, Sammy Hagar was better in Van Halen than David Lee Roth, even when singing Dave's songs. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so I had a guitar teacher once when I was at West Georgia. I, I said this in front of the entire class <laughs> that I thought that Sammy Hagar was better. And he looked at me, he's like, no, he's like, yeah, he's a better singer, but not for that band. Yes, he is. I've seen the concerts, Live Without a Net, their concert from um, late 80s in Connecticut, where he sings. It's a mix of their songs, Sammy Hagar solo stuff, and David Lee Roth stuff. And he just sounds better because he can sing. We, <laughs> like, had, um, we have an episode about, well, we had an episode about um, band members what when they get replaced when somebody yeah. gets replaced in a band and I remember we started the episode with sammy hagar singing jump yeah he's just <laughs> he just sounded better and, he and can it's yeah it's pretty good so i mean and it's even one of those things where like everyone it's like this you know unspoken thing we all know that david lee roth can't sing <laughs> but like he's really fun to watch you know and the girls dig him he i guess he was like 80s hot or something so like you know <laughs> <laughs> he's it is different but yeah you know they love him and like but he can't sing like it's a thing like we know i think he even said i think he even said he can't sing and like him and dave um him and eddie used to get into it because he can't sing so then you get like Sammy hagar who is you know probably one of the best vocalists in the world even at that well rock vocalist even at that time he was proven and he comes in you could argue that he took them to new heights because he introduced them to the concept of the power ballad. So it's like, they just, you know, there's no way their song gets played over the closing credits 
uh, Power Rangers the movie <laughs> without Sammy Hagar. <laughs> you know, they don't get, you know, I mean, like what, right now, probably one of their biggest songs ever. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. And on top of that, he could go, he was up in the rafters in an arena in Connecticut singing and talking about love. Like it was just, he's just, he's the man. He's the man. So, yeah. Um, okay. So my first one, um, this is kind of a callback and we got, we got the right guest for this. Yeah. NWA is the most overrated rap group of all time. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, Whoa. Whoa. Jesus, Greg. You just like Eminem forever, this man. That was okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, mm. Thinking about and listening to our last um, episode, um, well, the the last unpopular opinion episode. I know, like Ben said, like One Direction is pound for pound the the best boy band of all time. I think I did pound for pound NWA. Uh, kind of pales <laughs> in comparison to a lot of other rap groups and not and not because and not you know I think there are duos or trios that have had more of an impact on them um, outside of their region maybe regionally you like NWA and that's fine I'm not from California mm-hmm. so I can't really not that I don't like I can't relate to anything that they talk about, but I think they have gotten so much attention and love um, off of very little material and a lot. And the material doesn't really outside of maybe two or three songs. They are, I, I think because of like who they are and how they were put together, like their story is more riveting right. than the music that they actually made. They have a story, they have a look, and they yeah. have a hook, I guess you could say. Um definitely they pioneers. Are. Yeah, yeah. That's that's gonna say like they're like if you look at them like through now lens, then yeah, it's like, okay, this has been done, but like back then, like I said, they're pioneers. You know? Yeah, I, I mean know. it was that's, that's, I, that's I think a, I think their 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 legacy is overstated. Oof. Oof, my heart. Hmm. And look, <laughs> I, you know what? I didn't even have to. I didn't even have to watch Straight Outta Compton again. It's like no, I, it's, and I I, I have an issue with the movie for for other reasons, but I just think what they what they did, um, I think as far as like the esteem that they're held in. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far like the music isn't the major reason for it. It's for their style. It's right. for what they meant to people, not really the music it, itself, which to which makes them a little overrated to me. Well, or a lot overrated. I said they're the most overrated of all time. Yeah, say, you said not that. a little. You said a I lot. Gotta, I'm standing <laughs> by that. It makes them overrated. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, Straight out the gates. Whew. Yeah, I'm so far removed from them that all that I know really is mainly like their influence and like more than their music. So I, I can't even. It yeah. was wild hearing it, but I, I, you know, far be it for me to tell you you're wrong. 
<laughs> it is scary to think about that though, that like as I'm thinking, I'm like, is that true? Like I don't want to I don't want to believe it because of the but I'm just like, you know, two Hall of Famers came out of there, sports talking, but like two Hall of Famers, like you got Ice Cube and Dr. Dre coming out of that. Yeah, Easy E wasn't a a great rapper, but like, you know, he was kind of like a he was like their Axl Rose or like I don't know. Like there's just so much personality just, a, that came Eazy, out of that. Easy E is a is a folk hero. Um, yeah. Uh, almost but almost mythical. Yeah. Yeah. And for what they did after, especially Dre and Cube, is they 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 pushed the the genre forward. They pushed the culture forward. NWA pushed the culture forward, but for what NWA is, just as them, not as separate parts. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, you know, I have I didn't even write it down, I almost wrote it down, but when you sent me the topic for what this would be, I had one hot take that shot to my mind immediately. And I didn't decide if I was going to say it or not, because I haven't dove into the catalog as much as a lot of people have. But since, you know, you just brought up somebody being overrated. Okay. Um, I think a lot of people are into this person's aesthetic more than they are his music in a lot of cases. And that is the gentleman that goes by the name of Franklin Ocean. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, we, we, I kind of do we, we have opinions. We have opinions. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I can't. I don't know, man. Whenever I, like, I don't know. I, I, it, it just don't hook me. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's fine. It's fine. It's cool music. <laughs> but, like, the way people be like, oh, my God, he's all Frank. I'm like, all right. All right. You know? It just doesn't move me the way it moves other yeah. people. But, I, you know, it's cool. People talk about him like he was the second coming of D'Angelo or something. Like, he, yeah. like, you would have thought that, like, he, and I mean, some of the music's not bad, but, like, I don't know. Like, when I heard some video where people were upset that, like, I think it was Don Henley wouldn't let him sample Hotel California. And everyone was like, what he did with it was better. I was like, pump your brakes. Like, let's, <laughs> let's chill. Like, on Frank Ocean's best day, <laughs> he's not better than he's not better than the Eagles, especially a song like "Hold to a California." And I understand that sampling is a part of hip hop and R and B, and you know to an extent. But like, he didn't even try to like, like what he did with it wasn't even creative. You know, you know he wasn't like up there Daft Punk sampling it. He just literally just took the instrumental and sang over it. Like that's yeah. So I yeah I, I tend to agree. I, I think people just like him, you know what I mean, and that's cool. But I, I just feel like people put that above, you know, so often. And, you know, yeah. you could probably say the same about uh, NWA and many, 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 many other acts. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm just like, do y'all really like his music this much? Like, if you didn't know this was Frank Ocean, would you like this song <laughs> as much as you do? And I think the answer to that, more often than not, is no. And mm. and we we talked about it before, like I think uh, a few episodes ago. Where his set at was that at Coachella, where the one he that he lip synced, yeah, and he was supposed to have a skating rink on the stage and then scratch that yeah. idea and then yeah. he hurt his leg and and then try to do a set anyway and it was yeah maybe it might have been an injury but um I think on our 
the last unpopular opinions episode, Brandon said that Frank Ocean is on the clock. Oh. Uh, <laughs> he is on the clock. I, and I, I think we all agreed too. Then, <laughs> when that story came up with Frank Ocean at Coachella, Brandon messaged me and said, "Time's up." <laughs> 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 yeah. So you're you're definitely not uh not okay. alone there. Good to know. And I I don't even have the motor skills to to get into a Frank Ocean and I'm definitely not starting now. Yeah. <laughs> the motor skills great. <laughs> when if Frank Ocean plays I can't hold a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben, you got the next one. <clears throat> All right, I'm gonna. Since Greg, you had a a, a cold one, and Eric, you've had a cold one. Uh, this is the one where I said people are gonna take my black card away for it. But you gotta you gotta take this journey with me, and understand where I'm coming from. Okay. <clears throat> oh boy, here we go. Here we go. Macklemore should not have to apologize for the Academy's misstep. We let the Grammys off the hook. How? I I, I just want to know how you they chose. They chose him. He didn't. He didn't choose himself. I agree. Okay. All he did was go out and independently, I might add, put out a record by himself with with Ryan Lewis, of course, and and everyone in Seattle, it seems, <laughs> and um and basically put it out. You know, clearly, other than like maybe a couple of songs, didn't really take himself too serious. Um doesn't ask to get nominated, gets nominated, doesn't ask to win, he wins. He's worked his entire life to get to this point. He finally gets to, you know, the highest honor, and I use that in quotes, the highest honor that you can get at like putting out a rap album. He wins and all he gets is like Kendrick should have won. Clearly he knew that. He understood that that his album was not there and he understood why he won. But what we did not do in that moment is ask the Academy who has a spotty record at best with choosing in non-popular categories. Why did we let them off the hook there? Like yet another misstep by the Academy and we blame Macklemore. We should have been asking the Academy, why the hell did you do this? Like they did it with the Oscars. They campaign Oscars so white. They came out and they asked the Oscars, like, why aren't more people of color being nominated? Why didn't we ask the Grammys? Why did you choose Macklemore, the heist over to Pimp a Butterfly? That's to Pimp a Butterfly, right? Uh, good Kid, Mad City. Good Kid, Mad good City. Kid, Mad City. So why did you choose that over that? When we all, everyone knew who should have won. We let the Academy off the hook. Um, I, and I think to this day, we are still letting the Academy off the hook, if we're being real. <laughs> I could I could agree with with that. Um, and it, it, the Academy has been let off the hook other times, like, um, Harry's house winning album of the year, the Jethro Jethro Tull, Tull. um, Steely Dan over Eminem, um, Ray Charles over Usher's Confessions and Beyonce over Maxwell. That, that's I'll you. never that's give you. them for that. That's, that's when I stopped believing in them. <laughs> <laughs> that is when I stopped believing. But, but I mean, yeah, like, it, it's, I'm it's fairly certain the reason we saw Adele basically get up there and be like, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for Beyonce 
when she's making better music than Beyonce is because she saw what happened to Macklemore. She's like, y'all ain't gonna do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> like Beyonce puts out what some people consider the most important album of the year from a creative standpoint. I mean, and I did not, I did not agree, honestly, for being honest, why wasn't a seat at the table nominated, but it's a whole nother thing. But like she she got it. Like Malcolm Moore came before her and she understood, like, yeah, bro, I better just say Beyonce deserves this and keep it moving, you know? I have two theories. I think uh, to answer your question about why did people jump on Macklemore and not the Academy is that Macklemore has a face. And like the yeah. Academy is like nebulous. It's like, yeah, there, <laughs> there is. You know, it's a machine. It might as well be a machine. <laughs> yeah, it might yeah. as well be. And I think it's just like, all right, blame that guy. He's right there. Fuck yeah. him. You know? You can see him. And yeah, you can see him. And <laughs> I, he was never seen again, damn. You can see him, yeah, basically. Uh, I think with, I don't know, I find like overly, and maybe you guys will agree with me, maybe not. I feel like overly white guilt is very cringe. Um, he so, did not need to send that text. He, he did. Post was, that text for sure, right? Who, yeah. Who, who, who put the text out? Because, I mean, he sent a text. Like, it wasn't. My assumption was him. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know who he, like I released the it. text message. Was it him? I think Malcolm Moore did it so he could oh, show. Okay. I'm cool, so guys. It's, I'm it's cool. His fault. That that yeah. that part is his fault. Yeah, that that's my we, assumption. We didn't, if that's we didn't the case, need to. That's very we didn't cringe. need to see that. Like if it was in a, uh, his autobiography, you know, twenty years later, fine. Yeah. But in that moment, yeah, I I I agree with you that it was. It was it was cringe. It was yeah. cringe for him to put out to put out that text. Um, There's even been yeah. can confirm he posted it himself. He posted it on his Instagram okay. page. My text to Kendrick after this show. He yeah, deserves Ken- best rap album. I'm honored and completely blown away. Yeah, Kendrick Lamar even said like I know Malcolm Moore. He's a cool guy. He didn't have. To, he's like he didn't even have to text me. He's like, we're cool. I, I know him. So, yeah, but I still it's performative. That's what makes it. Cr- yeah. It's just like you did this for, I guess, for people to get off your ass, which is fine. But I don't know. But then again, like, why did the Academy even put him in that position? Like, was it like fun where they're like, oh, look, this is going to be great. Just watch like, <laughs> <laughs> like just a cruel joke against Seattle, the album like it was, you know, so weird so i don't know it was to me that was just like we we let we let the academy off the hook there when there's there could have been you know and the people who i think the people who watch the movie industry and things like that they i think they kind of went about it the right way you know don't let the academy off the hook don't let the oscars off the hook say something if you if you want change and if people were that upset about it we should have said something this is probably the hottest take i have by the way so, really? Or excuse me, I most mean, unpopular. Sure. Or I don't know. Maybe it. I mean, it depends on if you're an indie rock fan in here too. That might piss some people off. And just by saying that, I'm sure Greg knows what I'm going to say. So, <laughs> all right. So my next one. Um, I think people are afraid to appreciate what Will I Am has accomplished. In what way? What do you mean? Like as a producer, as a rapper, all of as it. just a person? As an entrepreneur. As an entrepreneur. He's an inventor. <laughs> okay. Um, 
I That's think people hesitate to appreciate what he's accomplished. Like he, with the Black Eyed Peas, they came in as like a late '90s, early 2000s version of. They were getting you know compared to De La Soul or a Tribe Called Quest. Peoples, right? So you think they're those kind of rappers, and then all of a sudden, they put out a song called. Uh, request line. Where's the love? Are we, okay. No, this is this was before Fergie. But even before <laughs> Fergie, this is it kind of started right before Fergie came in. They had a song called Request Line with Macy Gray, which sounded very, very uh poppy. And then they had a song called uh Weekends, which also sounded very, very poppy. And then Fergie comes in and then we get let's get it started and where's the love and they sound nothing like their first two albums but they become one of the most popular rap groups in the world which sounds very weird to say because rap is definitely an American thing but to have an appeal around the world Mm -hmm. is definitely an accomplishment. I and mean, they played a Super Bowl, right? Yep. Yeah. The, they yeah, were never seen again. They're still making albums. Are they? They're still making albums. <laughs> I, did, I thought they'd broken up. I thought Will I Am no, had gone solo, a.k.a. No, William. He's, done, he's made a couple of solo albums. Fergie's left. They didn't replace Fergie. So it's back to the oh, original three. Yeah, I gotta say, Fergie they made like three go. or four albums after she left. Like they made Appreciate that song, you. "The Beginning," and they made the album "The Beginning," and they made one called "The End." The energy never dies. Yeah, they've made <laughs> oh, like sure. four albums since then with just the wow. like the original. Wow. Three. Uh, it also and so like transitioning from the um from this dilated people, so query, neo soul, jazz rap, to pop rap, to EDM. And now they're kind of back to the, they're kind of caught between the pop rap and their jazz rap yeah. where they started. That's kind of where they okay. are now. Um, but to have those, have the success across genres like that, um, and you know having oh, yeah you know <laughs> such having those popular songs that you know they that were popular around the world i think people are afraid to like have any kind of appreciation for him because yeah those songs are cheese and in the group will i am is the only one that can rap the other two really aren't that good uh, what are you talking about man them bars and shut up was just like <laughs> <laughs> That was a different day. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, Hold on. You're, Eric, you're about to say something about Fergie. Though. I, I, I was, I was only going to say that she's one of my favorite performers between the, uh, you know, the national anthem and her <laughs> like doing front, yeah, front flips on the morning show. <laughs> <laughs> well, holding a note, that's like my favorite thing ever. That's her There's legacy some... to me. 
I know she's There's done a lot more. There's someone on TikTok that did a painting of that. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> like it was almost like with like painting with Bob Ross. He's telling the story, like the entire background of how she got to this moment <laughs> as he's doing an oil painting. And it's a good oil painting. I need to see I it. would look copy of it, but I don't know if he's selling them. I need um, to see it. Because then apparently she's done it again. Like she did a performance somewhere else and like did the same exact. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> It's a lot of talent though, because it's like that morning she's doing front, <laughs> one handed front flips while holding a strong ass note. Like it's funny, but it's also like amazing. And yeah. That's what makes it funny. Um, that's the training you get from Kids Incorporated. Yeah. Uh, we have known about. That's the thing. We, we Fergie has been in entertainment for like forty years. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, She's she one of the few child stars that 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 made it out. Yeah. Where Disney couldn't perform science experiments on her. <laughs> as the far as is, we're gonna find out one day that happened. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying. As, as far as uh, Will I Am, I think that you know, once you go pop rap, well, I guess back then you lose a lot of respect in the hip hop community. And I don't know, like he just became cringe for everybody else too. So just like he doesn't get his flowers, but uh, does he deserve them? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Smart watches and I mean, it, backpacks or whatever he was doing aside. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, he's kind of like, um, it's a, not, I mean, he didn't go like as far as will I am, but, I kind of compare his his timeline to like Hammer, and mm. but he doesn't have the that's weird <laughs> respect. He doesn't have the respect that Hammer has in his own like city, in his own like because Hammer area. had goons, man. Yeah, <laughs> Will I Am has no goons. That's that's the difference. <laughs> like Hammer had straight up Hammer put out hits, man. Like not like songs, like you know, like murder hits, like. <laughs> I don't see Will I Am putting out hits on like you know anyone really. <laughs> I don't know. I always thought of him like I I do think he should like Eric said get his flowers, but I have always kind of thought of him like kind of like a poor man's Timbaland. Like he had some of the same skills. He liked electronic music, but like you know he's he got Timbaland at home. Like he, <laughs> he could probably get you could probably get Will I Am, and he won't break the bank. He won't cost you as much. But you'll still get a hit song. But like, you know, it's not Timbaland beat. Timbaland beat, you know? And like he, that he power. Was, he was with Justin with Justin Bieber. That or yeah. was it what's the other song he did with Britney Spears? Like those sound like those could have been Timbaland songs. But you know, yeah. it's like, uh Timbaland's one fifty and Will I Am is two fifty. So And it's kinda like you, the you do the, the math. <laughs> and kind of the difference there where like the production that Will I Am did was for pop artists like he did a couple songs for Britney Spears yeah. one with Justin Bieber uh, one of his biggest is the one with Usher uh, there weren't mm -hmm. like rappers that were coming to work with yeah him. nobody was lining up to get a rap beat from Will I Am unfortunately and I think he could have made a good one because didn't he do most of their production yeah that's what I thought okay um okay Eric do you have another one uh okay hip hop opinion it's hmm 
I definitely think it's true when it comes to popularity, but I do think people might be afraid to say it, at least people of my era. Um, and that is beats matter more than rhymes when it comes to hip hop. Um, yes, yes. Rhymes matter to me a lot. However, rap music is music. So mm -hmm. you can't just be like, oh, I'm doing all the, the cannabis <laughs> similes and you should appreciate it because I wrote it all night. Like, you know, it's still, you know, the rhythm also matters more than the rhymes, I would say. Like your cadence, your flow, all that matters before the actual things that you're saying. But I do think beats matter more than anything else. Now, that doesn't mean I, you know, like the current hip hop of today. And I don't say that to... uh try and sound like an old man but you know i just i just don't it's not for me and uh i leave it at that i don't say it's shit or whatever but the shit ain't for me but yeah beats over rhymes <laughs> <laughs> i think everybody agrees with that subconsciously but i don't think everybody uh is willing to say it so still kind of a lukewarm take i would say i agree and i think one of the reasons people don't want to say it is because then it takes the it basically kind of might suggest to some people that anyone can be a star, right. the right composition. And I'm willing to, I'd almost even say that's probably why we saw the rise of melodic rap. Because the rhymes are important, but the melody is more important. You know, hook raps, like raps with good hooks became super yeah. important, you know. Um, just it, yeah, I 100% agree because I know there's like, there's J Cole songs I like from like his first couple. Of, Born Center, what's the song um, with Crooked TLC Smile. on it? Like Crooked Smile, I love that beat. I love the bass playing on that beat. Like everything about that beat is great. He's a he's you know anyone could have rapped over yeah. that though you know. So I I have to agree. I have to agree there. I um I can see that. Mm -hmm. I think it reminds me of there was an episode we did about um. Uh, Eric, I don't know if you've ever seen the the documentary called Backstage, which was about the Hard Knock Life tour with uh, Jay-Z and DMX. I've seen clips from it, but I haven't seen it rough. entirely. Uh, we we did an episode about that documentary rough, with, with, uh, <laughs> with Abraham. <laughs> um, uh, but Abraham made a, made a good point there that um, in it, it kind of showed the difference that Guys from the Northeast, where the New York, New Jersey, Philly, uh, where rhymes were more important. And in the South, the beats were more important. And I think because of how probably the biggest artists in hip hop are from the South, then that notion of beats being more important kind of has kind of taken over. And the and like having the hooks becomes more important because I, if you listen to a lot of rap from New York, like coming up through the eighties and the early nineties, they would rap, they would do their 16 and then whatever sample they had, that's the hook. There was no like, <laughs> yeah. hook. like listen to any song yeah. by EPMD Let the uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, or Eric B and Rakim, whatever they Rakim. sampled, is yeah. that's the True. hook <laughs> and then True. they go back to rapping again so and i love that song a, too but that is a god i love let the rhythm hit them but it's yeah it's just <laughs> yeah 
So it's, uh, <laughs> it's just the it's, sample is the hook. That's crazy. It's a it's a style thing where you're not getting um, the best of both worlds. I don't know if there is an artist like that where you're getting like the hooks and they're also um, uh, their their bars are memorable. I mean, I think you, Jay has a good balance to that. So I, I think that's why he's got that longevity. Like Jay Walker. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. It would. It would. <laughs> yeah. There's Jay Z. So there. I mean, there's there's not a lot of them. I mean, right. Now, no, not at all. Now we're in an era where uh, somebody, the one line we know from somebody's song is enough. I Spice, she's where she is, really off of one line in one song. I don't know any <laughs> other Ice Spice or or or, um, yeah. or or Sexy Red is like the most extreme example right now because that's the only line anyone knows from true. any of her songs. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's got to the point where she just met Drake the other day and they had a photo op. Um, so uh, <laughs> it, to where like, okay, maybe if you have one line that people remember and that goes viral, maybe that's enough now. So it's kind of it's even maybe even harder now to um, have those memorable rap songs that people can you know they remember the lines or they remember the hook at the very least now yeah. in life where you just remember <clears throat> one random line and it might have been the first line of the song just to get our attention. <laughs> yeah. Yep. These are the TikTok ways. <laughs> um. Yeah. All right, Ben, what do you got? Hmm. I guess I'll pull this one out. Um, Coldplay and Muse are just better versions of Radiohead. I feel like this one is a little niche, but I know this is one I teased the last time we even talked about doing this. And I just think that, that I mean, that's just the truth. I don't know. I mean, Coldplay, especially is what Radiohead would have been if they just kept trying. I don't think they stopped. Like, if you ask a Radiohead fan, they'll just say, of course, that they're the greatest band ever and that they never stopped trying and that I just don't understand. But like Radiohead had a huge hit in Creep and ran from it. Like that's the band they are. <laughs> like 20 years later, Coldplay will still play Yellow and be happy about it. Like, so... Just like As you said, result, with, uh, you know, like you said with with uh, Richard Patrick, that hey man, nice shot, paid his mortgage, and put his oh, kids God, through yeah, college. Coldplay. For Coldplay, yeah. Yellow is that same song. <laughs> yeah, Yellow got him Gwyneth Paltrow, like all, all this stuff. So it's like, you know, he um they and they don't run from it. Like I saw a video the other day of him explaining how he came up with the song, and I was very surprised to hear that he was inspired by Neil Young. I thought that was funny, but like. You know, like they never were afraid to run from their success. And that's why they became the biggest band in the world. And that's why um, they played this out and got Beyonce and Bruno Mars to play with. Uh, oh, it was, it was Beyonce and who else? It was Bruno, Bruno Mars? Mars. Yeah. Yeah, because they didn't think that they could carry a swivel by themselves. And I don't know, I kind of felt like that was a slap to the face. But still, they played the Super Bowl. They were the headliners, you know? And Radiohead is, you know, giving away albums at this point. Yeah. Pay pay what you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess, you know, was revolutionary 20 years ago. But, like, I don't know. Like, I still just, I will never understand the hype that is Radiohead. 
they're, they're I mean, the singer is decent at best. Their songs are taught. Listen to Paranoid and what the hell is that middle section? Like, what the? Mm. I, just, I don't get it. You know, so yeah, that's my unpopular opinion. People probably get, especially about the Muse part of it, people probably get mad about that. I think Muse plays circles around Radiohead, but yeah. Okay, uh, my next one. Um, this is similar or kind of a parallel in the same ballpark, maybe. Uh, on the, I don't know if you heard our the last one we did, Eric, but I said that because um, this was like four or five years ago, and this oh, was Jesus. before her album Thirty came out, which I correctly oh, predicted. Oh, I know where you're going. I said, oh that, yeah, you did. I said that if, uh, oh, that's kind of, <laughs> I be right sometimes. Um, but I said that on the last one we did that if Adele did one dance move, cause she had like, she lost weight. She dating, uh, uh, rich, Paul, oh, rich Paul. Yeah. Uh, you know, so if she did one dance move, it was over. Everyone's going to turn on her <laughs> if she danced at all. That's what I said on the last one. <laughs> I was I, I was worried that 30 was going to be a dance album, but it wasn't. Um, so in the same ballpark. And it's it, this is a, a catch 22. I think it's a it might be a loose lose situation. If. The record, if a record company tries to turn Billie Eilish sexy, it's over. It, it's we we it people will it be done with Billie Eilish. I think her fans are kind of doing that already. Though. Like they are, her fans seem very okay. Well, at least I should say, a segment of her fans seem very okay with objectifying her. When it's when it's more. Um, I think it, it'll be more like how she, if she starts dressing more provocatively or start doing more mature lyrics, like like this, think of it like, well, the first two Janet Jackson albums anyone ever think, thinks about, if you think of what are her first two albums, which are actually number three and four, but Control and Rhythm Nation. Think of how Janet Jackson dressed and how she was marketed Mm-hmm. Uh, and then with the Janet album, uh, which had um, uh, what was the name of that song? Love can never do without you. Never do without that you. That had Jamon Hansu in it, and then it had the the photo shoot where oh, her geez, then husband, uh, the photo shoot with her then husband having his hand on her breast for that one magazine cover. That was the sexy. Great that was the beginning photo, of the sexy Janet, and and we all were so much better for it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that turned out to be a great decision or or a turn where you know okay now we look at Janet Jackson as this sex symbol. For Billie Eilish, I don't think it would be the same result, but I think that's probably the only direction they have left to go. Listening to Billie Eilish's music, I produce a radio show, a morning radio show, um, and the host requests music. And uh, probably once a month, he requests Billie Eilish. I don't know why, but he requests Billie Eilish. 
I know he likes the song Bad Guy, but she doesn't have a whole lot of, this is like a morning show. I'm trying to keep the energy up. She doesn't have a whole lot of up-tempo songs, maybe like two or three other ones, right? Everything Mm -hmm. else sounds really sad and melancholy and emo. Oh, that song with uh, Khaled is so good. I'm sure the songs are very good. They're just not meant for a morning show, you know? No, not at all. No. But it when as she gets older and I don't know if, you know, I think probably the first domino would be that the record company doesn't want her to doesn't work Phineas to produce her anymore. Right. And <sighs> that'd be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's a that's a that's a recipe for failure if they do that. And then, you know, with her look, like if you ever see any uh, shows where she performs live, she wears a lot of baggy clothes or she may wear like yeah. some uh, uh, like stuff you would like you would see women wear to the gym. But she wears like a huge T-shirt over it. Uh, yeah. So it's it's like you don't really you don't. She hides that part of herself, though. She hides her body like that. But when she she's yeah. like, when it comes down to where someone's going to say she's got to show her body, it's going to be a disaster. With Alicia Keys. Say that so again. Say that again. She, I said you could you could reason the same thing back then back in the day with Alicia Keys, and they're like you know get out from behind the piano, start singing with that song, No One. Yeah, You know, she's standing out on stage in front singing and showing off her body. And I mean, she did okay after that, right? I think. I think. Yeah, but then, you know, people think that, you know, when she got with Swiss Beats and lost her voice. Home and... record. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's an interesting... I've seen Billie Eilish do one kind of provocative photo shoot with Vogue. And, but other than that, yeah, I mean, she's like a teenager, you know? Yeah. A high school kid, you know? I'd be very curious. I don't, I think she's going to go the way of Lord. Like, I think, so, which we, is I don't think there's much. That's what I was yeah. thinking, away. <laughs> like, there's just not much. I don't think there's much more that she can say. And I think Phineas is going to start getting courted by other people. I mean, he already is. He's a great producer. And I I think he's doing all the work and giving her cre- and giving her writing credits. I don't think she could work with anyone else. You can't put her in a room with a Benny Blanco, Tyson Tracks, anyone like that. But I, I think not Tyson Phoenix, Tracks, not Tyson Tracks, Ben. <laughs> and when I, for a particular reason, <laughs> that's Doctor Luke for those who don't know. But yeah, can't put yeah. her in a room with him. <laughs> but I I think because I, I remember correctly, I want to think Phineas did. Lose You to Love You by Selena Gomez. And it sounded phenomenal. Like hearing him talk about his production techniques on Song Exploder were like, you know, kind of mind blowing. So I think he's going to be fine. I I think Billy's the one who like we're going to be saying maybe in five years. Oh, man. You remember when Billie Eilish had like, you know, the world on lock. She was winning Grammys and stuff. And she just kind of went away. Yeah. Kind of like Lord. <laughs> All right. Lord, uh... Lord, Lord. Hold on. Hey, do you watch South Park, Eric? It's been a while. Okay, no, I was just thinking. I I watched that episode a few months ago where Randy Marsh, you find out, is Lord. 
<laughs> it's a great episode. It's really, really funny. It's it's absurdly funny. Only on South and Park. I'm not even a South Park fan, but it was an absurd episode. Yeah. All right, Eric, do you have another one? Yeah. Um hmm. I don't know how hot this one is. I don't think it's as hot now as it would have been uh, 20 years ago. But I think that Ja Rule deserved better. Hmm. I know that uh, 50 Cent came through, crushed his okay, career. I, was gonna say what, I thought you meant like Firefest. No, definitely not Firefest. Like, yeah, no, 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 no. Which is why I specified 20 years, not five. Okay, 20 okay. years ago. <laughs> when 50 came through and ended his whole career. I think that, um, you know, maybe if social media was around, maybe he would have stayed a little bit more relevant, mm-hmm. but it became, I'll, I'll use the word again, cringe to listen to Ja Rule after 50 came out and had his crusade against him, along with Eminem as well. Um, but I think his music, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty all right. He, he filled yeah. a niche and uh, he was doing all right. But um yeah, I don't know. Ja deserved better. We're not asking him anything important, but he deserved better. Justice for Ja. <laughs> Justice for Ja. <laughs> no, I, 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 I think I can agree there. I mean, thinking about like how he started out versus where he ended up. Like you hear Vinny Vinny Vici, and you're like, this guy's kind of hard. But then you hear like, what would I do without my baby? And then he's <laughs> yeah. like, okay, yes, ah, uh, yeah. He he does deserve better. He did deserve better. <laughs> He did. Oh, yeah, you said he was feeling it. He was feeling it. He was. He was. He was. He was top of one hundred six in Park, man. Everybody loved yeah. him. Then I've but never seen the, anything like it. The greatest, like <laughs> we've talked about this before. We talked about the Firefest. The greatest indictment of Ja Rule. They, he, okay, maybe he deserved better, but the damage that Fifty had done was yes. still resonating in twenty seventeen. With the Firefest, when if he's one of the organizers and, and he's not even performing, <laughs> like he's not like <laughs> Billy's like, you want people to come to this? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, 50 Cent is still touring, but like Ja Rule, he's, he's an actor and a businessman now. Like he's like... When when does he become? Oh yeah, that guy from the second Fast and Furious. Movie. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> no, he was in the first one. He was in the first one. True. He was. He was, he was supposed one. to come back. He as Tyrese's character, I believe. Oh wait, but, that uh, was Tyrese in the second one. He yeah. was the first one. He was I think he turned one. it down or something. It, it was he thought he was going to get a menage uh, a trois. I remember now. He yeah. he didn't. Um, he felt he wasn't getting paid enough. Right. So they rewrote the character. All right, the Terrence. old Terrence Tower. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, man, what's with these like marginal characters? Because they didn't think about it. They didn't know these things would continue on for like 20 more years. Like, oh, it's just a superhero thing, whatever. No, it's just a stupid street racing movie, whatever. (laughs) What's funny about Terrence Howard, too, is he was the highest paid actor on the first Iron Man. More than RDJ. Because RDJ was like a drug. They're like, ah, dude, you get a lot of production shut down. We're taking a risk. Shit in the bag away. John like Favreau he, yeah, he was the only one who believed. For... <laughs> Favreau believed that was it. <laughs> like that's 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 wild. Like that's like that could have been like what 10, 15 years of work. Yeah. Like steady work, man. Yeah, even like, now. It would have been 20. Eating. Yeah, he's still in over 20 years. Secret invasion. He's still in secret invasion. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 
he is just Don Cheadle is eating off of this. He's like, yeah, bro. Oh <laughs> man, that's nuts. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, Ben, do you have another one? I do. So this is actually a two-parter. I'll combine two of these, and this is heard Finn McKinty say, who's a guy I follow, punk rock NBA, because a lot of a lot of people say that rock is dead. That's like the big thing, because rock is no longer in the mainstream. And I agree with this take. Rappers have become the new rock stars because rock stars were no longer interested in being rock stars. But rappers are interested in living the rock star life. And that is why you have you have rappers selling out shows, doing, you know, some of them doing arena tours, things like that, because they are the new rock stars. Combined with that, Fred Durst was the last great rock star. I could see that because if you look at I um seeing clips of of Drake's tour um or the weekend's tour. Yeah. Um, I mean look at Astro World. So one Astro, of the people he yeah. used he he used in in that example was someone like Travis Scott. He's dating celebrities, he's he's stylish, he had he's present on social media, he's you know, he has a big festival concert where he just puts on these incredible, I mean, like granted the Astro world, you know, tragedy was awful, but like the dude can put on a show. He can put on a spectacle. Um, and a lot of these, you know, these rappers nowadays, like it was like they watched and they studied and they saw what your Axel Rose is and your Eddie Vedder and all these people were doing imitated it. And now they're the rock stars and, and rock stars are like, not only, and that's why rock music is really not relevant anymore. It's, you know, like, MGK said it's a bunch of dudes wearing comfortable shoes <laughs> who don't want to put on a show. He's like, they're up there playing shows in New Balances, dude. He's like, put on some Chucks, put on some Doc Martens, go out there and put on a show. And people got mad at MGK because he called them out for this. Like, they, they got mad at him. And it's like, he's out here, a dude who started out as a rapper, just picked up a guitar like a year ago, is out selling all of you, <laughs> both yeah. like on tour and in the record stores and y'all are getting mad at him. So yeah. And I, and I think Fred Durst was like, you know, the last, if you think about the last guy fronting a rock band, dating models, dating celebrities in the news for like doing stupid shit. Like he was that, you know, no one does that anymore other than rappers. <laughs> I, I think we can connect to that is like you said, like the, the, the stars now watch those rock stars. And I think it can go back to, um, I don't know if it was if they knew that he did it, but it made me think of because uh, we mentioned this. I feel like a few episodes ago with uh, Kanye when he made yeah. graduation, yeah. he was trying to make arena rap, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he watched YouTube on tour and uh, saw the the reaction they were getting and. Uh, playing these stadiums, big stadiums around the world. So he was trying to make music that would play well in big stadiums. And think, yeah, like, think about the Donda listening party, dude. Like how rock star is that? <laughs> like you had a whole bunch of people come to a freaking arena just to listen to your, your album. You just walk around being gangster. Like that's something to do. Like that's so cool. Like that's bigger than life. But like, you know, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I agree with it. Like rock's not dead. It's just boring now. 
like rap music became like he was like rock music used to be the sound of a good time like when people go out they want to have a good time they want to dance you know hell poison made a song called nothing but a good time but now rap music hip-hop music you know that is the sound of a good time especially pop rap sound of a good time these are the rock stars now all right so um the next one i have um I don't know if this, I don't know if it is unpopular, but it's just something that should be considered. Um, and okay. this has to do with the, with the Grammys. Uh, there should be songwriter limits for awards as far as <laughs> I the heard number someone say that. of songwriters. <laughs> you don't want 20 songwriters, Greg? Not for one song. <laughs> <laughs> If it's like a country album in which the a lot of times the country artists don't write their own material. So it's like they no, got 10 songs from 10 different, 10 to 20 different songwriters. <laughs> so uh, that's fine if it's over the course of an album. But for one song, like on Single Ladies, wasn't it like nine people? How? It was a lot of people. <laughs> I know it's tricky in the dream who were the who like had the lion's share of it. But yeah, there are a lot of people on there. Um, yeah. yeah, I just think there should be limits. Um, I and I think I may have mentioned this, but uh, for those who follow the Oscars and know the song um, Arthur's Theme by Christopher Cross, uh, it was also Burt Bacharach and Carol Bayer Sager and one other person. It was like four people and some people were making jokes about the song that there were four people on this song. <laughs> like, that was, that's, that was that's a lot, a lot of, of people <laughs> for this one song. So Michael McDonald did it by himself. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so getting to this point where there's like nine people on this pop song that is, doesn't seem like the, you just hear the song, like there's no way that, it took nine people to make this. So then I'll ask this question then, because some people might argue that could limit in hip hop, because if you, if you sample a song, you're got to credit the people who made the sample. That's so one, that's one thing. to combat there that. No should samples. we take them out? If there are, okay. No yeah. Samples, I was gonna say, should we, okay. If there are no samples. That, so that's the exception there. Yeah. If you sampled something and those songwriters get credited, then that's what it is. But if it's um, something by Beyonce or Rihanna, like the song that Rihanna did for Black Panther, I think four people got credited because that they got the Oscar nomination. There's probably four or five more people involved. <laughs> They're like, no, we can't, what about we those can't have this. <laughs> what about those times where like someone comes up with the song and someone's like you stole that song from me and so they just give them credit <laughs> and then they actually stole it from someone else so you got to give them credit too and then it's just credit yeah slippery slope. yeah it's a, it's i don't a know cycle if there's of an stealing. example of the slippery slope <laughs> like that <laughs> but you know i mean we've seen the word um <laughs> and and it, we're going to hear more stories of people being taken off of songs like with when Beyonce did Dream Girls and they had like two or three new more new songs for the film and they were nominated for an Oscar. When the Golden Globes came out, she was listed as a songwriter for one of the songs. 
But when it was all ne- then nominated for an Oscar, they took her name off. Well, <laughs> she did not write it. <laughs> she did not write anything to do with that song. And there's an example of, uh, I think, with the Bodyguard uh, soundtrack, there was a song nominated for an Oscar. And beforehand, Babyface was credited as a songwriter. But then when the nominations came out, his name was taken off and he was mm-hmm. only credited as a producer, which won't won't count as far as the original song. So I think there will be more of that if there are limits. I think there has to be like a clear division of the workload as far as these songs being put together, because it could be one person that actually wrote it, but then it had to go through these other hands because they are contractually obligated to um, be credited as songwriters for this particular artist. But I just think there should be limits. Yeah. Um, we can go around one more time. I have one more, but I don't know if how many more y'all had. Okay. I've got... Uh, I've got one in a possible... I've I've got a few because uh, I kind of overwrote yeah, I've got, some I've stuff. I've got one in a possible. I'm, I might be able to combine them, but okay, I'll be quick about this one. Uh, it's another hip hop one. It is somebody who I think is a top ten rapper when it comes to the actual ability to rap, as well as making the music. Not so much uh, album sales or influence or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think that rapper is former G-Unit member, The Game. I think The Game is one of the most underrated rappers ever. Um, Somewhat because of his antics and I'll use the word again, cringiness. I've been overusing it. But (laughs) when it works, it works. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. And it it works for him. It, it, It affects how people interact with his music in the sense that they don't. So, <laughs> but for but like if you actually like listen to the things he's done on records, like he stands toe to toe with any of the legends. He can rap for literally what I think five hundred to six hundred bars in a song. Uh, he's just an incredible rapper, and I think he. I'm confident in saying I think he's top ten at the craft of rhyming. He's good. He's very. Do you think he's better than Eminem? Like he said, better than him. He, he came out and said that himself. He, he that did he, say that. He could body him, and I was. He got some looks in the room. <laughs> maybe, maybe I, I'll say I prefer him. I, I prefer him strongly okay. to Eminem. I, uh, I, I think it'll be a, it'll be close if people are being like objective about it. But when it comes to music, there's no objectivity anyway. But I think if you know sixteen, a new sixteen from Game versus a new sixteen from Eminem, I'm probably gonna be like, yeah, I, I want this, I want this game. Mm-hmm. That's no, I like the game. The game is very good. Yeah. I I think I first realized how good he was when um, I listened to some tracks from um, OKE Operation Kill Everything, mm-hmm. um, the mixtape he put out with his version of Turn Down for What. I, I thought he was, I thought he was pretty good. Um, and then I actually went back and listened to the bar. And this is like a throwback. The Boost song. Oh, yeah, the whole yeah, behind yeah. Us. With Kanye. He yeah. absolutely kills that song. I think, he's, yeah, I think he's been in the ludicrous on that song. Yeah, yeah. He's very good on that song. Yeah. I can't. But yeah, he does have a lot of antics, I yeah. guess you could say. 
Um, I just remember that at a certain point where people he was in G and then I people thought. just like <laughs> people more just like kept up with like what names he dropped in a song rather than what the song was actually about. That's his biggest crutch for me because he <laughs> yeah. still does drop names endlessly in any verse. He's gonna he's gonna reference somebody, and I'm like Jesus. And once somebody brought it to my attention, I never unheard it. And it uh, I won't say it ruined his music for me, but it definitely affected it heavily, negatively. <laughs> and I'm like shit. <laughs> yeah, it's just like with two chains. I'm like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I, I really did. When you said Gina, I thought you were going to say Young Buck. I, no! I, oh, God, no. I, some, I just cool. sometimes cool. forget that the game was in G Unit. Like, he just yeah, real he quick. seems so separate because he's like way over there in California. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. You forget, you know? I, I thought you were going to say Lloyd Banks, aka Lloyd Banks Craig is... David, aka <laughs> Brian Pumper. <laughs> I, definitely Brian Pumper. When I first saw Brian Pumper, I'm like, is that Lloyd Banks? Did Lloyd Banks and 50 Cent have a baby? Oh, man. <laughs> Lloyd Banks is also very good. I like Lloyd Banks a lot. I think uh, that's pretty pretty common to like Lloyd Banks. All right, uh, Ben, do you have another one? I did, but I'm going to I'm gonna call it an audible here because I, I had thought about this as we are going over the charts and everything, and I hadn't said a Taylor Swift comment in a while so um while i do i respect what taylor swift has done from a standpoint of trying to help writers because we have to recognize that she was the reason that we have credits on spotify and she refused to put her music on spotify until they upped the portion of music a portion of their profits that they paid writers so we know that she is about the creative she, she's about that and i do truly believe that she wanted her publishing she was mad that Scooter Braun wouldn't give it to her. And I don't think it was initially out of spite it, uh, that she re that she started re-recording her stuff. I think it turned into spite. And now I think that these Taylor versions are now just cash grabs. Like, I don't think that it's about re-recording because if it was just about re-recording them, she would have, she would have, she could have banged that out. She's Taylor Swift. She can get these people. She can get this done faster. But now it's all about, I'm going to put out a 10 minute version of one of my videos that I hope gets nominated for an Oscar or a Grammy, or I'm going to put out, you know, this version of this and encourage you guys to go and not just, not just have it streaming on Spotify where I can get royalties there. Go and buy it. It's got all these new tracks on it. It's turned into a cash grab. Now I think the initial, what she wanted to do with it is gone. It's, you know, and more, you know, she can do what she wants, but like, stop lying to your fans. Just call it what it is. It's a cash grab. It's not about sticking it to Scooter Braun anymore. Now it's just about a cash grab. Um, I could see that. And I know that's something you, you've said before. Um, it's looking more like, like, like that's what it yeah. is. Uh, because it's being like marketed a certain way and nothing's really changed mm -hmm. about how it sounds like okay you got the same musicians and it's the same song and it sounds close to what it sounded like originally but yeah. now you want fans to get that version while you know people who use apple music and spotify the original version and taylor's version are both available for consumption yeah uh so. i don't the like i don't get the physical release part of it like there's no need for a physical release 
this was supposed to be about, hey, when people license my material, use the version that I made instead. When people stream my material, use the version that I made, which a lot of bands do. Because I thought that was and I thought that was funny that she was getting all this attention for doing it. But there's a lot of people who did not own their masters back when they made their first albums who will just go back and re-record their stuff later in hopes that you'll stream, you know, you'll stream that or whatever. So she's not this is not unique to her. She's just the first person to do it because, you know, she has all the money in the world, but she can't buy her masters, bro. Like it's like <laughs> they're not they're in the scooters like not uh uh <laughs> Which I still think is like the funniest thing ever. Like he's literally was like, yeah, if you want to negotiate with me, um, you can't you can't talk about it. And just I, I just thought it was hilarious. Like it's an all time troll from Scooter Braun. If you think if you think about it, I, I think it's absolutely hilarious. All right, my um, I got I got one more after this, uh, but um. We've talked about before, like I said that Drake has no identity and <laughs> we've had dance hall, Drake drill, Drake, Houston, Drake, um, Bay area, Drake. I think we had um, Memphis Drake at one point. Didn't Memphis, we kind of? Drake. Memphis, Atlanta, Drake. Yeah. <laughs> Just Southern Drake. Really? Yeah. 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 I think now we're at board Drake. <laughs> what was the last bored. thing he did was uh, it the edm album last year or what, did yeah, you come up it with was this the, the certified lover boy and then lover boy okay. the honestly never mind and then her loss all within a span of what seemed like 14 months and i thought you say 14 days because that all that sound <laughs> felt it, so good it might have been like 14 <laughs> it felt like it <laughs> it was so condensed um, so I think the yeah I just think he's bored. Uh, he can go out on he's on tour now. I mean he can do he's got a lot of material <laughs> that he could put into a show. But as far as yeah. anything new, um, what I've heard someone say before is that there's no like. And kind of lends to the no identity thing that he doesn't have a particular style. He may have a style that he that he raps, but as far as his sound, it changes album to album. And people say, "Oh, he's just he's just diverse." Like, no, I don't think it's it's being diverse. I think he's just being trendy. The Madonna of rap. I think with the amount of music he puts out, he doesn't have a choice but to be a chameleon um, because he recently said, um, I don't want my fans to wait four or five years or whatever. Um, he wants to continue to put out stuff, but if you want to continue to put out stuff, you either have to like escalate or just metamorphose your entire self. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's his strategy. Um, I haven't, that's an interesting I, take. Though. It's the only one I have. It's the only conclusion I can come to. I can't think of a rapper yeah. who's had um like this much longevity, like consistently, or like just dropping music as regularly regularly as he does without falling off. And and yeah, yeah and it's all successful. I think part of that though is he has he has the fan base 
And in the era of the internet uh, or, you know, the blog era or whatever you want to call it, where he's kind of like straddled both lines between the blog era and whatever you call this era now. And where there are fans who consume music that way, where it's whatever you have that's new, I'm listening yep. to that. And yep. then, you know, there are probably people who, after Certified Loverboy came out, if it came out at midnight, by like 12, 15, they're saying, oh, this album's a classic. You haven't even listened to the whole right, thing. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's already Speed a listen. classic. So I think combining that with why Drake is uh, overrated to me as well because of the identity thing, but I think the way that his fans have consumed his music, they don't really, I don't think the time's been taken to kind of absorb uh, what he's actually put out. Not to say that it's bad or that it's excellent, but just the fact that he put out something. Uh, and that's what matters, that there's something out there rather than whether it's good or not. And I think that can take a toll on somebody in which they've been doing this for almost 15 years, putting out all this material. And I think it's at a point now where, yeah, you're being more experimental you did the the house music album in which the only hit from it was not a house music song from that album and like what do you what do you do now like how do you what's the next step that he can actually take um that mm -hmm. isn't necessarily just like we we joke that okay maybe how, what about k-pop drake what about <laughs> <laughs> i would love k-pop drake uh you know uh, or, you know, more of a, a drill Drake or, or, or something like that. Afro beats Drake. So what if we get an album where he just sings the whole thing, just straight R and B Drake, no rap, just him singing R and B like, like, like modern R and B. Like he's not going to do okay. like voice to man R and B. Oh, so it'll be like, you got the voice for that. Tory Lane's. Bryson Tiller, Tory Lanez, Miguel. Oh yeah, Bryson Tiller actually would probably be more of a yeah. I think that, he could I do mean, that. He does might, have the range. Something. Press, I mean, he but... he thinks he is he can sing, but it's kind of like better. Well, it's kind of like um, kind of seems like how like Nate Dog had a pocket. <laughs> yeah. he, he knew where yeah. to stay <laughs> yeah or Rest like kind of or think like how um how dr dre produced snoop dogg snoop never saw himself as a singer but the way that dr dre got him to do some things vocally it sounded like he could sing but mm -hmm. it was just they found yeah, a pocket seduction, <laughs> <laughs> they found a pocket for him to stay in I think that's where Drake is. I mean, but that's, I mean, it's something I think um, if he's, if he's not bored, I, I feel like he is a little, but if he's not bored, then 
he's going to become more experimental. And I don't know what that's going to mean towards his fans. Yeah. I will say, though, like after a while, because I mean, music is supposed to be a statement expression of art like after a while do you just run out of things to say express and do i believe so especially if all your time is spent making music with artists yeah. like you know his contemporaries jay cole and king they do take time between albums and they're not making music they're able to experience other things in life so they're yeah. able to come back with a different sound and new perspectives and all that so i think drake should just i don't know spend his time doing something else what and it yeah. doesn't have to be in the eye of the people it can be something you know you can write a book or something I like mean, logic could, or something you know, I don't know. if 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 uh <laughs> if joe budden yeah. had something to say about it uh he could start writing comedy sketches and he'd be funnier sure. than donald glover <laughs> who said that joe budden joe budden because someone was like said that drake is funnier than donald glover he's like he's like uh if there was like some kind of competition of of uh like sketch writing like for comedy would you take donald glover or drake and then joe button said oh yeah drake would watch him why why did he say like, that where, I've never, I where do you get that from i've never he's like, he's drake, like when he was oh. on snl like he didn't donald glover that. wrote for pump SNL. it down dude. <laughs> No, that's pump weird. It. That's a weird take. Pump it down. Yeah, that is pump a very it down. Weird <laughs> that is a very weird. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so weird. Yeah, no, that yeah, that's uh uh no. Um but I agree. I I think he should just take some time and really just I don't I don't want to say find himself, but like like you said, experience some things. Yeah. Because yeah, like I mean, like the amount of material he has put out is insane. It's I mean, it's just like, and I think it's all. Of course, we know it's not all coming from one person, because I'm sure he's you know ghostwriters things like that. But still, like that level of output is intense. Like I I feel like he has to spend so much time in the studio, unless he's got AI rapping for him. But um, <laughs> like it's just so much. Yeah, you you don't get to experience a whole lot, and I think that's why we get better statements from his contemporaries like you said kendrick lamar and j cole um and he, hell even logic you get, we get, we're getting better statements from these people because they're experiencing things yeah i didn't know logic wrote a book by the way I didn't yeah know. i mean i haven't read it <laughs> but it, it, it's something that apparently happened good for him good for him um we can go around uh one more time eric if you have another one all right, sure thing. Uh, we've kind of touched on this a little bit, and especially with the last topic, so it's the one I'll use. I think that we should be more graceful to celebrities who attempt to make music, a la The Rock. That's the only one I could think of, right? <laughs> or like Paris Hilton, I guess. Um, oh, man, I, I kind of like her stuff, actually. <laughs> like, it's surprise, like, surprise. It's like automatically bad because it's Paris Hilton, but it's like people are people should be allowed to try to attempt more than one thing in life, you know? Um, and the inverse of that is allow artists to branch out, like we just talked about with Drake. But um, mm -hmm. you know, like Ti doing stand up, it's just like, oh, he's doing. Yeah, you know, he think he's a funny person now. Like, yeah, he uh, he's trying to do stand up, so it's just oh like, snap, okay, you know, let him take the bruises, you know, and um, you know, see if he's good at it. Yeah, and I, well, I think yeah. I think there's like a jealousy though, like you know, there is. Yeah, people yeah. don't want to see. 
uh, either they don't want to see that person succeed or they're just jealous of the fact that they have the ability to kind of do whatever they want. You right. know, their career had career success has afforded them that opportunity. So it's like self-granted nepotism. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know T.I. was doing stand up, though. I kind of want to see it. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> oh. But I mean, to, to rap, you have to be witty. Well, you don't have to be, I guess. But because, again, I've never thought of Drake as funny. But um, yeah, but you know, I like Joe Budden. Oof. Yeah, that's so weird. That's so weird. But yeah, to rap takes wit, and you can, and also like crowd control, and you know, paying attention to stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I think there is some overlap there. But um, yeah, that's it. That's crazy. Though. Yeah, no, I I agree, especially someone like Paris Hilton because I I think a, a lot of people, and I was gonna say her fans because I think her fans like ate it up, but a lot of people I think just thought. She's famous for being famous. Right. So she's talentless. So why should we bother to listen? And I'm like, she's going to get the, she's got a lot of money already. So she's going to get really good writers and producers. And even if she doesn't sound good singing it, the song should be bops. Like she literally got Scott Storch to produce a song for her. <laughs> yeah. And it was not bad. Like it just really wasn't because it's a Scott Storch track. You know, she had to say it. Scott Storch. Like she had to say it, you know? <laughs> That's probably uh, like the stipulation. (laughs) That was one of our earliest episodes about um, at least about actors who sing. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I there are it kind of shows that these, you know, those who are just actors or anything may are are actually more talented than uh, than you realize. Um, Yeah. Johnny Depp came to Hollywood to be a rock star. Um, wow. <laughs> and he, he oh, came, became a star. Like in a yeah, for sure. <laughs> so that, uh, yeah. that blue beetle kid, he was like styling on sway in the morning. And I'm like, what is this? What's happening? <laughs> really? Yeah. He's also like a Twitch streamer or something. I'm, it's just like, yeah, people are more than the that box is. that we attempt to put them in. So like, yeah. you know, give them grace to, you know, try at least, you know, like yeah. t- press play and see if, if you, you like it. If you ever hear yeah. Seth MacFarlane sing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's incredible jazz. That's singer. not fair. That's not like fair. He, like, and he was on that. He was on Logic's <laughs> album. too. He was. Right. <laughs> yeah. Singing like people thought he was going to. Someone said they thought he was going to tell jokes. Like, no, the dude, <laughs> the dude got pipes. He can sing. <laughs> they never watch Family Guy. I guess not. There was like What's I was uh, I watched um on Netflix there's a series that a uh, limited series called Quarterback and it's about um three quarterbacks that they followed during the NFL season last year. It was Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. And with Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, they they're at his oh, house, no. they're talking about what he does and everything. And he has this room in his house with like all of his trophies and game balls and jerseys and all that. He's like just kept this stuff over the years. And he had a, a picture. He was in this acapella group when he was in high school. Like wow. uh, he's, he's actually a pretty good singer. And then at okay. the NFL honors at the Super Bowl, um, they had him come in to sing a song. It was a parody of Kelly Clarkson's Since You've Been Gone, since she was hosting it. And, but it was a song about Tom Brady. And it was like, it like surprised <laughs> oh, everyone geez. that people are just, you know, like, I didn't know he could sing. Like, he's a pretty good singer. So, you know, I think people, I, I kind of agree that you kind of consider that some of these people have more talents than than you think. 
Um, yeah. And if they want to pursue that fully, you know, then you get T.I. doing stand-up comedy. Yeah. I can dig that. Uh, ben, you have one more? I'm going to combine them. Because the first one I'm not going to talk about because no one will get it. And it's the one I shared before. <laughs> um, I think that Steve Vai was better in Alcatraz than Angve Malmsteen. I'll die on that hill. Um, anyone, if you don't know who those band, that band is and those guitar players are, look it up. You'll, you'll agree. Um, but this other one, and I don't know if I want to make it like this, but I think, God, this feels bad because he's, rest in peace, man. I love the music, but like, Sometimes I think Chris Cornell might have been a little overrated as a singer. Hmm. And I don't think that he was the best singer to come out of the grunge movement. I I think that's Eddie Vedder. It's a close it's a close between Eddie Vedder and Lane Staley. Rest in peace also. But I I give it to Eddie Vedder just for longevity. Although that's not Lane Staley's fault because he's dead. It's not his fault there, but longevity as in like Eddie Vedder sounds the way he sounds like he still says he was a phenomenal vocalist then. And you could argue that he essentially became the voice. Like if you look at like the late nineties and early two thousands, modern rock, it was a bunch of people who sounded like Eddie Vedder. I think we confused it by saying, Oh, they all sound like Creed. No, Scott Stapp sounded like Eddie Vedder was doing an Eddie Vedder impression. Well, there's that's, that, that's that, what that we mad got. TV sketch though. Yeah. Where they're all going to lie. Where it was, it was Eddie Vedder and like Scott Stapp and the dude from The Calling and then Ray Charles yeah, said, Band, like, no, yeah. they all sound like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's because the, there's a lot of soul. Like, if you go back and listen, you can tell there's, like, a lot of soul and blues in Eddie's voice. I mean, everyone in that band had just great influences. I still think they were the best grunge band. I know Nirvana was the biggest, but, like, everyone, like, they're like five drummers, but like everybody in 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 uh, Pearl Jam was like such good musicians, especially Mike McCready and Stone Gossard on guitar. One of my favorite drummers um, next to Josh Freeze, Matt Chamberlain was one of their drummers. Like just really, really, really good musicians in that band, fronted by a really, really, really good singer who wasn't even from Seattle. He's from like California. But um, I just, I would say he's the best singer to come out of that. I don't really think that Chris Cornell is bad. I just think that Chris Cornell was inconsistent. Like, we're watching him perform. Sometimes you don't hit the note. And you might say, well, that's a very, you know, kind of rock and roll blues type thing. Like, you know, sometimes the note ain't perfect. Just kind of trying to bend it till it's like, well, that's cool. But, like, from a technical standpoint, Eddie Vedder didn't have to do that. Like, Eddie Vedder hit the notes he intended to hit. Like all the time, <laughs> I've never heard a bad Eddie Vedder performance, either on tape or or live. Um, he just had like just impeccable control of his voice, um, and, and and for that reason, I think became the standard of what modern rock singers were trying to go for for the next month. Of course, you had some of the people who were imitating, um, who were imitating, you know, Kurt, kind of like Puddle of Mud and and some other bands like that. But for the most part. Like that standard became a better. We stand you. I stand you at least. But yeah. Um, my last one is uh, this is connected to what I think of those debate shows. <laughs> <laughs> I think because of those debate shows, 
I think you know, Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp, I have to include him too, are partially <laughs> to blame for how um, how people consume music and have conversations about it. Okay, not so much them. But I will say that the, <laughs> the notion of the stan has ruined how we consume music and how we talk about it um, all the way to concert going. We talked about this weird behavior at concerts, throwing shoes and phones. Um, and I kind of want to blame Gen Z for it. <laughs> but <laughs> I think some millennials have, uh, there's some blame that can go to them as well. The concept of the stand, meaning that uh, there it's got, it gets to the point where there is no room for anyone or anything else outside of that artist that you like, that band that you like, anything outside of that is, uh, terrible and not worth it. It's kind of like you have to to say that you're a fan of someone, you have to put down their contemporary or put down someone they may have been compared to. People who love LeBron have to put down Jordan to make their point, which doesn't really make any sense. And I think that happens with in music as well. I think people, people who put love down, Beyonce have to put down Rihanna. <laughs> yeah, and vice versa. Like I was asked if yeah. I like Rihanna or Beyonce, who do I like better? I'm like Beyonce's cool and all, but I like Rihanna better. That's it. That's as far as I have to go. I'm not getting to oh Beyonce <laughs> trash. I don't have to say that um, uh, Beyonce's kids are, you are a ugly. Real Rihanna fan? Or, <laughs> you know, I don't, ha- I don't need to do all Coming that. from Blue Ivy? No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to say any of those things. You asked me who I like better, and I told you. But I think because of people have to pick a side, and it gets to the, it kind of gets to the point where it, people can't even have a conversation about that if you're on opposite sides. People only talk to people that they agree with. Um. And then kind of how I connected to those debate shows is that it becomes like on the internet uh, where people interact with each other the most. It's like people are trying to win a conversation. How, what, what is, how do you, not everything's a debate. Not everything yes, is, is Greg. everything's a <laughs> I'll debate Every, <laughs> everything's a competition. <laughs> everything's a debate. And people are trying to yeah. win a conversation. And it could be about anything. It could be about what your favorite cheese is. Mm-hmm. Um and not even like if it's if you like cheddar versus Swiss, it's like if you like like craft versus uh Whatever the store brand is, Publix brand cheese. Great value. (laughs) Great value cheese. Oh, that's better. And people go back and forth with that. And it's just really a turn off for me as far as how how I listen to music. 
it's 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 that's one of the reasons why I still don't listen to the radio. Um, I still I I you know I'm out finding music on my own and then kind of forming my own opinion. And if you disagree, that's fine, and we can talk about it. But we're, I'm, we're not trying to decide a winner here. It's not a fight. Mm-mm. Yeah, and that's for the most part. Um, I stay off the internet. <laughs> I get it. I mean, I I am a, for one a gaming creator, so you can see where that might lead into annoyances for me. <laughs> and I'm a person who has all the consoles, including a PC. But if they see an Xbox controller, oh, P- PlayStation better. I'm like, yep, all right, I got that too, man. Like, <laughs> what are we talking about? Equal like, opportunity. Like, just leave me alone. Like, I hate when people make anything their entire personality. Um, you know, like what you like, but everything is literally a competition. I ran about this a lot. And I think that <laughs> it all comes down to divisiveness like people people are just like naturally divisive and clickish like i drive a mitsubishi somebody's gonna be like oh well, i drive a subaru like all right what do you want me what do you want me to do about it like i, I think you know it, it, it's sonic versus mario it's 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 canon versus nikon it's you know it's like oh you 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 play street fighter 2 back in the day well i was more of a mortal Kombat guy like you didn't play both you didn't play both games they were both huge i played both it was fun. <laughs> like, like everybody played yeah. both. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's like, oh, you like Ninja Turtles. I like Power Rangers. Like, you can like both, man. Like, it's fine. And um, yeah, I especially, you know, here's, I mean, Greg, you and I have history with this uh, because of where we used to work. But Apple versus, <laughs> Apple versus Android. Android. <laughs> it, it's like I get that I, every day. <laughs> Like as soon people. as somebody sees your phone, it, oh, it's time. Oh, 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 I'm like, please leave me alone. And oh anytime God. I see yeah. the green bubble, it's like, okay, I know what my limits are. <laughs> <laughs> I know what my limits are with you. I don't so, know which, which one is which. I don't. I don't know. Uh, if, if you if if it's between people with iPhones, it's a blue bubble. Blue. If it's okay, not, okay. it's green. I don't even know anymore. If I it's green, had, like it doesn't Apple bother me. Put like this. Time. Eric, in my family, in my own family, I'm the only one with an iPhone. I'm the only one. So it's all green. It doesn't bother same, me. Same I literally have a friend who has like the newest iPhone and like the newest Galaxy. And sometimes she switches back and forth. She's like, well, I just want to like FaceTime. And I'm like, no, like who cares? Like there's yeah. Instagram, there's Facebook video. There's like so many other like video Google services. Me. Yeah. Google me. I'm like, man, let them people <laughs> deal yeah. with it. Like, but I love the customization yeah. of age, right? <laughs> but it's like at least she's making choices. People, you know? making yeah. phones. People are making phones their entire personality. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, this is like I have been guilty of that. I'm not gonna lie, because <laughs> I'm like, I but only when I'm I'm kind of like a snake, only when cornered. You know, like, I, feel I don't that. go around just being like Android. But like at work, when they'll be like, "Oh, he's got an Android," I'm like, "Yeah, uh, my camera's better." Because I just sometimes have you gotta Samsung, defend yourself. Add this, you know, Ultra, um, 22 Ultra, and I'm just like, you, you don't want me to list all the ways that my phone. Like I'm, but like I don't just go in there saying like, "Look at this." Like I, you know, yeah, only, only when cornered. Right, right, right. And I only that. when cornered. Yeah. So yeah, I, but I'm also a tech adopter too because I I am so I'm considering getting a Pixel just for the AI capabilities. 
Like it, that's such a nerdy thing to do, but like I just if you like the it. fact that it can call and make appointments for you, it's just fascinating oh, to wow. me. Yeah, that's just because uh, there's a Bixby thing on here that you can use with Samsung phones, right? Where it'll do the same. Well, it won't call people, but like I can text my responses to you and it will talk to you. Okay. And it seems almost useless, but it's just cool to me. It's like it'd probably be easier to pick up the phone and talk to you, but. And I'm trying to like run the kid. My wife's like, when would you ever use that? I'm like trying to think of situations. <laughs> like, like I could really just pick at up the, the phone end of the day. Most of us use our phones the same exact way. <laughs> yeah. Social media, a picture every yeah. now and then. And text. Yep, yep. So, yeah. Texting occasionally making a phone call. Unless you don't have a blue bubble, then, you know, <laughs> they won't talk to you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like y'all talking about trying to end racism. You can't even arguing about phones yeah <laughs> like we're not gonna get there not even not to belabor that like the videos that i'll see where people are like you know like you know he's a 10 but he has an android Ew, he's a one like <laughs> yeah. like are you broke and some yeah. dude made a video he stitched he's like she's got an iphone like eight like, <laughs> like, like what are you talking about your phone is like six years old yeah i could awesome. i can I can rant about oh, it all day. Funny. That's that yeah. Funny. So yeah, stand culture in general, not a fan. Um, so you're not a stand of stand culture. Not you're at all. <laughs> if, if I ever meet that person, um, gotta stay away. Basically, someone who stands stand culture. <laughs> yeah, man. Especially when culture. when those people who in the Beehive were when they were talking about like um, how Beyonce runs circles around Stevie Wonder. I was like, all right, oh, we're done here. Oh man. We're done here. I'm like, and, Stevie and Wonder a, played every song, every instrument, but can he dance? He doesn't have to. <laughs> That's not his thing. That's not his thing. He's too busy recording everything. Like, stop it. It was, I, I, yeah, that was, and, you know, and come there's on, a I'm generation not Stevie of Wonder people, stand, but come on. There's a generation of people now who, like, they see what Michael Jackson was. And now they're trying to find that new Michael Jackson. But instead of like, it, at a, instead of just asking the question, is it this person? Because it, it may be open up for debate. They'll just go out and say it. And it's something that's not even close. Okay. The weekend had a bigger tour than Michael Jackson. But is he bigger than Michael Jackson? No. No. I I just I don't I mean I just don't see it that way. I would argue, but some people may see it that way. But even like, be that big, like we've got too much access. Like yeah. I I wonder, like part of the 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 mysteriousness of a Michael Jackson, the allure. I didn't have access to you twenty four seven. You know, so like when you walk into a room, I haven't seen you in God knows how long. So I do wonder if we can ever even get back to that, like where celebrities just have that mysteriousness about them. I mean, even the waiting for the, and this is before my time, but even like the waiting for the Thriller music video to drop, like that isn't something that, it's just like, I'll watch it eventually. Y'all get around to it. Like that's how we are now because we have instant access to literally everything. But, you know, people talk about that when the Thriller video is going to drop, like everyone was gathered around the TV and everybody had to come Mm -hmm. home. And it's not you think about yeah. a song like Gangnam Style, which is the most streamed song on YouTube ever, like there wasn't like there wasn't a level of fervor around it to the likes of when like I think the one I relate to is when Remember the Time came out, premiered on Fox primetime on a weeknight. 
which was like unheard of. Same thing yeah. with black or white. Like, you know, Michael Jackson music videos are getting broadcast releases. On network It was a television. big deal, but like. Not MTV. But yeah, like nobody television. would care now. No one would care about that now. It's, you know. So yeah. I just wonder. Like creating, creating events. Too much access. You're creating events yeah. and moments in that way. And I don't think that artists are doing that kind of in the in the same way. I mean, maybe it, mm-hmm. it, depending on who that artist is, because Beyonce came from that time. So there's that built in mm-hmm. fan base that will anticipate when she's going to come out with something. But now it's a lot mm-hmm. of artists that it's a if you're going viral, going viral always seems to be by accident. It was always an accident that the right person or the right amount of people caught something. And now mm-hmm. um, they have a hit song and they're performing around the world. But it's it was all it was just someone just happened to see it. The right person happened to see it at the right time. It wasn't someone yeah. actually like um, some artist that was developed and, you know, their sound and everything was cultivated about them. And then they came out with something. Cost it was just, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that takes too much time. Everybody wants it now. Ain't going to develop so. now. That's <laughs> development. Yeah. Can I just yeah, put this so, out right Cause now? people were getting <laughs> mad at this guy video where he said that Taylor Swift is, is Michael Jackson famous and everyone came for him. Mm-hmm. And like, she's not, but I just wonder, can she even? Like, maybe if she goes into a hole for 10 years, no one ever hears from her. And by the time she comes out, it's at a fever pitch, maybe. But like, as it stands now, like after every show, she makes a post. Thank you, Nashola. I had a great time. Like, you just have you, too much access. Yeah. Like, you're old, by the time I see you, you're old news. That's... So, whereas like, we just didn't have with those artists granted also i just don't think a lot of them have quite the international appeal that michael jackson had that's another thing as well i don't i can't think of another artist we've seen that just has that like no matter where they go they don't understand what you're saying like he could play anywhere he could probably play in indonesia i don't even know what's there but like michael jackson could literally play anywhere and he's gonna sell out i don't think there's anyone in the world right now that can do that and like we've talked about before because someone tried to say Drake is bigger than Michael Jackson. And like, would grown men faint at the sight of him before singing a note? Some. Some. Yeah, a few of them. <laughs> a few of them. Very possible. Very possible. <laughs> oh, God. A couple of those dudes who said that Beyonce was better than CB Wonder might faint when they see him. Oh God! Let me stop. That's sorry. I didn't mean to do that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh God! <laughs> all right. So that'll do it for our uh, our unpopular opinions forum. Um, so uh, we'll get to my earworm of the week. Um, this is also a repeat artist, not back to back like Ben, but uh, <laughs> they have been featured I had before. Drinking. <laughs> Um, so, uh, there's a group I, I had to make sure cause I saw, I saw it in passing and I wasn't sure if they, uh, were from New Zealand, but they are, 
Um, it's a group called 0800. Um, and I think I, one of their songs before called uh, Madman as an earworm. Uh, but this is another song that came out with recently called uh, Ranger. Um, yeah, it's just five guys from New Zealand. And I think everyone has their role. Someone sings the hook. Someone's doing production. Um, two of them rap. And yeah, so it's just one of those uh, groups that it just seems like they just just started doing this. <laughs> um, so this is called Ranger by 0800. Sure, it starts playing. Okay, good. And we'll be right back. Gave a fuck up, hated sips, say the praise and pray for this and pray for me. I'll make it out because everybody freaking wanna make his way to cake and now safe the way I step out. Creme de la creme, crepe style, flim the flame, wave tide. This the new wave, I didn't take you for a hater. It's ridiculous, I could make water sound wetter. Life sound better, they feel like we are not. Some get clever and some get like a boy. Brought up a vibe, made the music shit live They like, he's so stupid, I just been foolish with the lines Dumb ass, 808 basic, that's the matrix You make it a masterpiece, they don't say shit That was days where I pray for this Used to speak stupidly, now we're rap eloquent The music was the message and the sonics is so heaven sent Shawty speak cupidly, Wayne taught me excellence So this is for the ones who never Never give a fuck and play it like a game Never folding up and swerving through the lanes, yeah Know you had a blood, they thought it was insane let me take it through the basics, tie your laces, only spit when the bass hit, then lose my patience, hold up, put the city on my back, I'm the map, no door, take the click up off the d no cap, still teed up, spinning like a demon, got a feeling that I put the venom in, take these vitamins, serving all these bonds, call it medicine, ain't a minimum, I be sliding on the track like I'm slick, slick brick, I be thinking about the paper like a money making mesh, made changes, better change quick, new faces, that's a new risk, I'm the a-list, it's a ace this How the fuck I explain this? Bringing all these hits, how the fuck I explain this? I know I keep it lit, I know I keep it real Got I'm feeling in the mix I know I'm hella ill, got I'm feeling kinda sick Never gave a fuck and played it like a game That is Ranger by 0800 And you can find that on our BTTYHT Earworms of the Week playlist on Spotify right now all right, so we're closing in on 2.45 for this episode. Um, well, Eric, uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, if you want to tell the people where you can be found, if you want to be found. Of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Eric V. That's T-A-E-R-S-E-V as in Victor. And on YouTube. And also Twitch. Uh, um, you, what what have you, what have you been playing on Twitch? Are you, are you still are you are you still doing games or anything else? Yeah, a game, and I do uh, just chatting streams every Wednesday where we like watch something that's uh, funny to watch, and I just make shitty jokes about it. Um, <laughs> but you know, I I put that off to make sure that I. You know, did this, and on uh, Saturdays I do retro games that are 15 years or older. On Mondays and Fridays I play more contemporary games, even though I was just playing like the old PlayStation Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 games because I guess I've been feeling old school in general. 
I uh, I wanted to ask you this real quick before we get out of mm-hmm. here because I I saw these these focused sponsored ads on Facebook and um <laughs> uh, I don't have a PlayStation anymore uh but I saw this these games for PlayStation Plus I guess one is called This is the Police Yeah I remember seeing that title <laughs> uh, never- and there's there's one called I am bread and it's like a piece of bread I don't never <laughs> heard of I am bread uh I've- yeah, there's one called Car Mechanic Simulator. Yeah, with uh, the pedestrian. Like, what are these? I've games? heard of the pedestrian. <laughs> I've heard of Car Mechanic Simulator. The thing is, with like consoles, uh, access to like online stores, really starting with Xbox Live Arcade with uh, on the Xbox 360. A lot of indie studios can just like put games out there, and they can just be as small and as weird as they want alongside the uh, the big-budget AAA titles. So those games that you got advertised <laughs> are, of course, the smaller ones that are probably uh, free or very, very cheap. Um, they're probably on PlayStation's like free subscriptions. Well, not free subscription service, but you could probably play it for free if you had PlayStation subscription service uh, based on the size of those titles. But... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've never played any of those. Um, yeah, sure. Like, what these? Are, I thought it was like, is this leftover from an April Fool's joke? Because a, a game just simply called "This Is the Police." Like, what kind of game is that? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I, I have the cover in my head, but I cannot tell you what kind of game it is. They all sound like uh, like mobile games almost. Oh, um, it looks like a mobile game. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it. It looks. It's like this top-down, uh, looking game. I don't know if you're so uh, just like you walk the enforcing beat in. redlining or what. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you dropping the crack in the in the neighborhoods. You have to make sure you go on the other side of the tracks for extra points. I have no idea. I've no- <laughs> was, I was watching. Um, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Roy Wood Jr. Uh, mm-hmm. the comedian on the on the Daily Show. He had a uh, a special where I thought the, what I thought the game might be where he was talking about um, in his special was talking about like cops, if they were getting paid more, they might like do, they might do better. And yeah. it's like, if you paid cops to snitch, then the cops would be snitching on each other. Like before yeah. roll call, there'll be arrested their own cops. <laughs> and then he had a sketch called Snitch Cop. If it was like a movie called Snitch Cop. And it was like, he's with two other officers. They're arresting a guy and he sees one of them plant the drugs in the guy's pocket. And then the other guy gets it out. He's like, oh, what do we have here? And, like, <laughs> and the guy, and he takes out his handcuffs. He's like, why don't you do the honors? And then he arrests the cop. And so the captain's like, uh, if you keep snitching on cops, I'll keep paying you. And so he's making $100,000 every time he snitches. Wow. If their quotas were for that instead of speeding tickets, uh, this world would be a better place. <laughs> so I thought that's what the, might, the game might be. Like, you're snitching on other cops. I doubt it. <laughs> they call it that as the police. <laughs> oh, man. Um so uh, that'll bring us to the end of this episode. Um, what should we end it with? Um, I was thinking I wasn't sure. No, no Taylor Swift, please. But anyone else. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, Ben, we can't hear You're you. You're muted. No one who didn't hear. I was making comments and everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm man, sure I was, was like, okay, yes. Yeah. I was reading off like the description of the game and everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, no, it, it's it, it's as bad as it sounds. No, um, I was saying let's end with some something by the game. The game. All right. Some uh, game bars nice. is what I said, yeah. The game. Um is hated or love it? Is that is that okay with everyone? Yeah, yeah. it's his most popular song. I was just going by that. Makes sense. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll end it with that. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk to you very, very soon. Let's take them back. Peace. 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 Coming up, I was confused. My mommy kissing a girl. Confusion occurs coming up in the cold world. Daddy ain't around, probably out committing felonies. My favorite rapper used to sing, check, check out my melody. I wanna live good, so shit, I sell dope for a full finger ring. One of them go ropes. Nana told me if I pass, I get a sheepskin coat. If I can move a few packs, I get the hat. Now that'd be dope. Tossed and turned in my sleep that night. Woke up the next morning, niggas that stole my bike. Different day, same shit, ain't nothing good in the hood. I run away from this bitch and never come back if I could. Hate it or love it, the underdog's on top. And I'm gon' shine, homie, until my heart stops. Go ahead and read me. I'm Raps MVP. And I ain't going nowhere, so you can get to know me. Hate it or love it, the underdog's on top. And I'm gon' shine, homie, until my heart stops. Go ahead and read me. I'm Raps MVP. And I ain't going nowhere, so you can get to know me.